Mira, amor, un motor de barco. No way. Yeah. Lo que sea para tener a mi cariño trabajando. This is a Cuban spirit. Tu espíritu. Nunca lo pierdas. And I'm coming through fine, like the 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 loud and clear. And okay, I think cool. you sound better than Daniel. For real? Damn. I mean, you weird. have that fucked up mic, and I can't send you the other one. That's not I right. I sound I sound beautiful every time I hear the the <laughs> podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. I sound really good. Imagine what you'll sound like when you get the new mic. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You sound crisp as you always do. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Mex Flintayo. It is I, as always. True Outlaw of Comics, a voice of a generation, standard bearer for all future generations, Ramon Villalobos. And with me, as always, some are saying take them or leave them. Some are saying incredibly toxic. Some are saying like the, you know, the least important part of the show. I don't say that. I don't I don't know. I, I, I've heard some people call me like low key the best uh, host of the show. Uh, I, I, I heard don't it once. I, I mean, I've never heard that, so you'd have to send me some links or something. I'll, 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 I'll find. I'll write a review by not Daniel Irizarry <laughs> and send it to you. That would be great. If I look, we any iTunes reviews we can get would be fantastic. Yeah, uh, listeners, if if y'all want to drop a review, uh, we'll we'll definitely give it a read and, and fight more over it. Basically, <laughs> yeah. So. As always, with me, Daniel Irizarry. What's my right. air horn, I guess. How's it going, Ramon? It's going pretty good. So this week, we have a very special guest. We've been talking a lot about being rob-pilled, being into image comics, being just very extreme, very awesome, um, very, very homage Some are saying that the top cows of the podcast comic game. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody keeps saying, you have to talk to Michel Fife because he is you know king of this world like we ain't shit he's the man we're nobody we're pathetic he's great <laughs> well I like highbrow comics I like highbrow <laughs> comics too you know you said <laughs> that's awesome that's, <laughs> that's I'm about highbrow comics right now so so they said you have to review uh, Bloodstrike and I said why we can just talk to Michelle all, all we want. <laughs> we don't. We can. Why review his book? We could just talk to him. Get it from the source. Can't talk to Rob Liefeld. Can't talk to Todd McFarlane. But we know him. He's great. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. This is awesome. People have been saying like, you know, you we need to review Bloodstrike, but I feel like part of the fun of reviewing like the early image books is nobody has like you were saying like you also like highbrow stuff and in all this, and I think that's very true. And I think because you approach it with that, people are like, well, obviously there's, you know, like you need to look at that stuff. But I feel like, like the, the fun of looking at the old stuff is that nobody has looked at that or thought about that critically, except for like you and now us. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, the highbrow. Yes. I, I do like high artsy comics, right? <laughs> Which I say <laughs> that, I say that with a grain of salt, but 
Eric Larson's imprint was Highbrow Comics, and so that's my shit. Yeah. Right? Uh, which which I'm I'm resisting. I feel like I'm I'm constantly resisting that being my shit. But uh, yeah, well, it is we, what it is. We did ask you like. Uh, uh, I did ask you, like, oh, do you want to come and talk about, like, an image book? Because, like, you know so much about that stuff. And you're like, eh, I'd rather not. Like, I'm kind of worn out by it. And we said, oh, we'll just talk about that then. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I remember when you asked me that. And uh, at first I was like, yeah, I could totally talk about those books. But but that was just, like, the my nice version, you know, like, internally. Yeah. I think because the next thing I wrote to you was, like, please don't make me read those things. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit! Why? What's the deal? Well, well the thing is, look, I've, I mean, I've I've gone to to bat for those things for so right. long, and I'm just a little burnt out on it right now. And I get that people are still loving that stuff, and I still like it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's part of my upbringing. It's part of my formative years, um, and I appreciate it. And I kind of hate the low hanging fruit jokes about that stuff. It's just sort of like, yeah. oh yeah. my god, enough, really, more feet <clears throat> jokes, motherfuckers. Like who? cares a lot of what we were doing uh in in these like uh revisiting those old image issues was sort of uh yeah a reaction to those uh worn out tired uh takes on those books but uh this is something that you've been like on for for like years now basically yeah. like this sort of like enlightened uh re, re like revisiting of, of those those classics right yeah, I guess it has been a, for a while, but you know, I grew up with those comics, so I do have yeah. that nostalgic impulse to to defend them and like them, even though you know you, you kind of grow out of them. You know, I, I liked them when I was a kid, and then I discovered independent comics, and then you sh- sort of shed that stuff that you grew up with. You kind of just forget it, or you outgrow it. You know, yeah. Um, I I didn't really outgrow it. Turns out, I just I just <laughs> I just kind of ignored it. You know. Uh, I put it yeah. in the because you know the way the industry is. It's like um, especially with the in, with the internet, right? Like you just you're told what's good and what's not. There's that prevailing opinion that you just kind of have to fight off all the time. And so I didn't know that Rob Liefeld was bad. You know, it, to me that was just he was just a dude I grew up with and I loved, and I just didn't think about until you get online and it's like shitty joke here and worst artist there and it's just like a pylon right and so that seemed wrong to me over time and uh what turns out it's like most of it is just kind of borrowed opinions like these people don't even have their own like aesthetic value system they're just kind of like repeating bad jokes that they heard at a store or that they read on some blog and they don't even know what they like even so it's it's fucking easy it's a punching bag and that that to me is lazy and that is to me unacceptable because it's like at least be funny or at least cut to something true when you're you know when you're dunking on something but when it's just like this tired fucking humor quote unquote it's like comic book people are the worst for that right so it's like (laughs) come on man i remember like because i we talked about this before but like i feel i really do feel like i'm like a like a blog like a comic blog commenter that just happened to have a little bit of talent that I was able to parlay into like a career. But like at my heart, I'm still like the guy who was just reading all those fucking blogs. Right. Yeah. So like when I, I remember those jokes and I, I know that my, it, my initial sort of impression of all those dudes was like corny, lame hack because it was just like, you know, here's the hundred reasons why Rob Liefeld sucks or right, whatever, right. you know? 
And it's it's hard to escape that if you are a comic book fan because, it, like you said, it's just such low-hanging fruit and it's what everybody knows will get them, like, especially at that time, like, a little bit of buzz. There was, like, five comic sites. And if one of them talked about it, they were going to shit on Rob Liefeld. Right, right. And this was all, yeah, this was all pre-clickbait, right? So yeah. this is, like, just blogs, just a random dude. Uh, mouthing off his opinion, which is just entertaining, but it's the first thing that comes up on Google, you know. Uh, but it's just weird, man, because it's like those aren't my opinions. Don't speak on my behalf. This isn't fandom's opinion. And what <laughs> I thought was weird is that the dude, for example, because we're focusing on Rob Liefeld, Rob Liefeld sold a lot of books. That guy was popular as hell, yeah. right? So somebody was buying this shit, and nobody was really talking about that stuff, like sticking up for it or just saying unashamed. You know, like, hey, I like this stuff, yeah. you know, and it's not because of nostalgia. It's like, I'm, you know, at least for me personally, I'm trying to see the value in that stuff. And and so, you know, it's been years in, in the works of me just trying to, like, look at this stuff with a critical eye. But that's what I do to everything, no matter what it is. It could be the Hernandez brothers. It could be Dicko. It <laughs> right. could be whatever, you know. And I'm like, I think we're probably like a rare breed of like where we could appreciate things like Love and Rockets, but also Youngblood and have them in the same space, you know, of enjoyment and engagement. But, you know, that's a thing. That's one of the things about Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee and all those guys, Todd McFarlane. It's like you go to those comics for something specific yeah. that, that something like a Love and Rockets or an 8-Ball is not going to give you. You go to those two things differently. That's like getting mad at, like, a director of a rom-com for not having enough action <laughs> You know, in the but, movies, it's like they're two different languages almost, you know, so it's it's a little unfair. It's funny, though, because like so when we do this, you know, the, the general format of the podcast is we'll have we'll read a book with the guests and then we'll just kind of like joke about it as we read it, talk about it, talk about the politics of it, talk about like the environment around it. And I feel like you can get more from like Wildcats and Youngblood than you can Love and Rockets at like if you're ta- if you're doing that, because the politics of those books, they kind of wear them on their sleeve and the politics of Youngblood and Wildcats and Cyberforce and all that. It's like, because people are not accustomed to talking about it in that way, like looking at it critically, there's like, it's, it's, there's so much territory that you you can cover. It's an untapped right. well. Yeah. Right. right and right. like one of the reasons why I was excited about doing it was like, I had read an article that was like something about Spawn. It was like, Oh, looking at Spawn number one, and I, I had just been, like, thinking, oh, I wonder what Spawn number... Like, I wonder how Spawn number one holds up, you know? Like, I was going to buy the the compendium and, like, read it. And then I, I read the article, and it was it had nothing to do with the actual comic. It was all about Todd the guy. It was all about how they liked the new sci-fi documentary about him. Mm-hmm. It was, like, real celebrity over, like, the the actual, like, art, the story, anything anything about the actual comic. They, they touch on it briefly, and I was just like, this sucks so much. Like, like, and <laughs> well, like, and like wider picture, there's no real blog. Like all the bloggers that were doing that have either like moved on. Cause they're just like, this is a fucking land- landfill of like culture at this point. Or it's just like bottom of the barrel, like 10 things you won't believe DC just did with Batman. Right. And it's like, no, I believe all of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, now, you know, I won't speak for that, for that, for the writer of that piece. Um, but I suspect it's probably because Spawn itself as a story is kind of thin. So it's almost like you're talking about the, the cult of personality around its creator, which 
uh, you know, sometimes that's even more important. So you know, with these uh, image creators, you know, it's it's really less about the comics and more about like the uh, the feeling you get when you see those comics and when you have the creator working aside inside of them you know with them yeah. in conjunction with them well it's funny you say that though because like so you know i don't know i don't know how close you are with the comics kayfabe guys but they also did right after our spawn thing they put up one and it was like almost the same thing though it was almost all about todd the personality but we had just done like two hours about the actual story mm-hmm. of just the first issue like of just how how crazy of a thing it is that like spawn was cia basically a republican a black man um you know like all these all these things like the stuff with him and like you know the the female victim in the book and the gangs and you know what what that like class class politics inside of it like there's so much that's loaded in there that i don't even think todd was aware of right but i think now the thing is like everybody wants to pretend that all those dudes were like these like the image revolution they were like revolutionaries and none of them were. No, no, no. Like, none of them knew at that time. You could tell. Like, otherwise, it wouldn't have been, like, Malibu Comics Presents. Right. Whatever. Like, they right. became millionaires, and then they were trying to, like, work backwards into finding the way to, like, make this work. But none of them were concerned about making, like, changing comics. They were just happy to change their circumstances in right, comics. Right, right. Absolutely. I agree with that. And just, just to backtrack a little bit, I do know the Kayfabe guys. I like them. I like that channel. Uh, I like... And we could unpack that later, too, if you want. Yeah, yeah. Um... But I think that's just part of the whole dialogue of, you know, like the piece you mentioned, the kayfabe. Yeah. Like it's just people talking about this stuff again. And it's been going on for a few years, you know. Um, much love to Jim Rugg, by the way. We'll talk about it later. But <laughs> much, <laughs> I just want to get it out there. Like, I get as it. much as I could say, I love Jim Rugg. I but, get it. Put, know, it we'll, put it up front. I just want to say I love Jim Rugg. I met him. He was a doll. He was a sweet guy. Great guy. I just wanted to like, I can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the the i feel like what the difference in our approach is sort of like we're using the a bit of the hist- historicity i guess or like sure. the historicity it, no it, wonder nobody takes a serious that could be a word it could be a word <laughs> um it, it's about it's about the fact that like now we have like 30 years of hindsight when it comes to right when it comes to these stories where yeah we're we're reading the actual story we're reading like we're looking at the actual lines on the page a lot of the time as well but uh it's it's not a one-to-one example but it's like hp lovecraft was probably like read and enjoyed in his time but like with time uh people could be like oh yeah additionally this is also incredibly racist and, well, yeah, it's, it's like sort you of know, like uh, it, it. It's a we're using a historical understanding to like see where where these creators were at, 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 at their moment in time and space. Yeah, it's like uh, you know when when uh, like Red Dawn and like these action movies from the eighties came out. Um, was the one Rambo? <laughs> I, was, I blanked on Rambo, but like all those <laughs> movies where they were about you know like the war and the you know the military industrial conflict. All that stuff was just like I'm sure at the time it was like just dude movies, guys with big muscles. Like it's easy to write stuff off like that when it's just like mm-hmm. babes in in you know bikinis and like dudes that are like on steroids and just say oh yeah like it's there's nothing of value in that. And <clears throat> it's the same thing with the comics. Like it's all like the aesthetics of it were made it so that people didn't have to take it serious the way they did. Like you said, eight ball, love and rockets, like the that stuff, which is what people looked at as like you know real art in comics 
And, you know, you just don't have to, you just don't have to do that. You could look at everything that way. And like, sometimes the image stuff is just more fun. Like, cause like those guys were, you know, I love those other books too. Like I love all the fanographics, like drawn in quarterly shit, you know, like, you know, I love Adrian Tomine, but I, I can't read Adrian Tomine to get any kind of like understanding of like class politics of the 90s or like a specific thrill like those comics carry a specific charge that you just can't get in a black and white independent comic from like 1991 you just don't it's just two different animals and i think you guys are right when you say that um those comics aren't political on the outset you just have to sort of like read them within context you know yeah like you said with their history around them because yeah we're tapping into tapping into a a sort of a, a mindset that was probably much more general and, and pervasive than the than for example say a more I, I don't want to say skilled but a more like uh, refined uh, writer artist experience like the eight balls like the Daniel Klaus types where where you won't like you don't re- you rarely get the chance to tap into like a unadulterated like man ego and 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 all the <laughs> yeah. and right. all the political right. context that comes from that those guys were like doing like real kind of gonzo type like cartooning and the other guys were like just so caught up in like 90s suburban ennui that it you know there is self-absorbed right some of like them. rob some of them yeah sorry yeah yeah sorry yeah not all i don't i'm painting with a pretty broad brush you know right right but meanwhile like wildcats will be like yeah the villain of this book is the vice president <laughs> sure and but the, that's the thing it's like you know <laughs> todd nuts. making him like ex-cia or having the lead be a black man uh, like none of that i don't think he just didn't think about that too deeply it was just something cool no. to do like oh i'm just yeah. gonna have a government agent with a capital g like it, i'm just a government stooge right and yeah. it's just yeah, all these all these uh creative decisions were just sort of like just what to, to make something cool just to fill space you know and that's kind of what makes them beautiful and work because they were unaware yes. because it's like if, if you're trying to inject politics and you do it in something like wildcats it's probably not going to work you know and if it does it would it would have to look like something completely different you know because these are just uh, these are just comics that were made for children for entertainment or, you know and collectors of course but college <laughs> right, age right kids and little kids and that's all it is you're just trying to entertain you're just trying to get like the 250 from a kid's pocket you know what i mean you're just trying yeah. to buy the time and that's that and it worked so it was, it's sort of like a, a blue collar no it's not blue collar at all because they're millionaires but you know what i mean like they're just they're just making the stuff you know they're just working and i think i like like in the case of a todd mcfarlane and his cult of personality part of his story part of his narrative is that he used to live in a trailer you know what i mean he was like totally poor canadian uh trying to break into this huge american industry and he worked and he worked and he worked and it's the perfect american dream kind of story you know but he's been a millionaire longer than he ever was poor right right and so and he was a millionaire when he was creating that Spider-Man comic and when he was creating Spawn and every decision past that, it's from a millionaire standpoint. And that's just inhuman to me. That You, you just don't relate to the little people. 
You know what I mean? You're not toiling away, you know? That's what I kind of like about the new Spawn stuff that he's going to be doing, which we're going to review with our buddy Matt, uh, who did the he did our Spawn episode. But, yeah, but yeah. like, the new the new tone of it is, like, Spawn as, like, the head of an empire. No longer just, like, a man in the wilderness, which, like, you're right. Like, he can't relate to that anymore. But the idea of Spawn as, like, a king, like, a, a, con- a barbarian that is, like, conquered, and, like, now he's sitting atop his throne just wondering, like, what's next? Like... That's where Todd is as a person. Sure. And yeah. he, like, it's the first time since Spawn, like, one or, you know, I, I I have not read all of Spawn. But it seems like the first time that Spawn is going to be, like, self-reflective again in some way. Which I thought Spawn number one was. Like, I can't remember why because we recorded that and we've, like, done eight <laughs> other episodes since. And, like, my mind is still wondering how Gerard Way may or may not be involved in this shady is, activities. This is all slanderous. I'm like crazy. Listen to the Patreon episode. Listen to the Patreon episode. Hear me out. Patreon.com slash flex mexfontayo. There you go. Like listen to it. It's a controversial episode. (laughs) If the listeners want to check it out, it's it's titled it has an allegedly on the title (laughs) to protect us. (laughs) Check it out. I said if uh if any of my the spurious allegations I cast come true, I'll unlock the episode. That's the only way I'll do it. It's pretty much going to stay locked up in the Patreon <laughs> forever, basically. There's no, there are eight things that I say in there that one, if one of those eight come true, I'm, I'm unlocking that episode first thing. Yikes. So just so I can say I was right. But anyways. Nice. No, but like the, uh, going back a bit, there, there was a, I opened that Youngblood episode up with, uh, with Dennis Miller talking to Rob. Yeah. And this was like. Before Dennis Miller was like Mr. Politics guy, like, hey, Bill O'Reilly, you know, like that kind of shit. This was, you know, when he was just trying to be like a standard sort of late night comedian guy. And he he asks Rob, like, why he has Saddam Hussein. He says he calls for the suicidal death of uh, Hassan Saddam Hussein. And that was that was technically wrong on Miller's part. Like Rob was yeah. saying something uh, actually more profound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's what I was gonna get to is like in the comic, uh, it's the CIA basically killing Saddam Hussein, and then the gov- and then the media covering it up, and you know it's like pointing on a, on a number of different levels. Right. But Rob just kind of goes, "Yeah, I watched like the whole Desert Storm thing, and you know, I just kind of had some fun with it." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's all it is. That's yeah. so, that's all it is. That's right. Like need. he ingests news the same way he ingested like MTV and was like, Oh, this would be, this would be rad. Yeah, <laughs> and, totally. Like, and it worked. It fucking worked for it him. It worked. You know? And he has a keener like political analysis than like, I think so far of the image guys that we've talked about and you know, a lot of modern people, a lot of modern cartoonists and a lot of like modern comics critics that I think write him off. Well, you know, I got to say Eric Larson's pretty lefty, too, and he's, he's pretty aware. Oh, we haven't um, read Savage Dragon and, yet. And his, I think, if anything, he's the most overtly political in his comics. Like, he's, I right. think, the only one in, his, in Savage Dragon that talked about the L.A. riots back in the day. I think that's the oh, only shit. image comic, nice. and maybe not even Marvel or DC touched that, like, at all. And he, I don't think he addressed it head on and made like an issue about it or, or yeah. a plot point, but he mentioned it. And that is like enough, right? Oh yeah. So yeah. Oh, we're going to, we're going to do that episode. I can't wait to do that. We have a, we have a guest lined up for, it. I don't know if we've mentioned it, but um, it's Chris, Chris Burnham. He's, he loves Savage Dragon. Oh, yeah. He's like obsessed with it. 
So we're going to have him on to talk about it. But we're, yeah, like, I'm excited for that one because I'm like, oh, he's a cop. Like, so far, every one of these books that we've read has basically been some CIA guy or FBI guy. Right. <laughs> superhero. For sure. So, like, I'm excited to do one that isn't that. But, um, it, it, you know, it's it's it'll be an interesting... I feel like it'll be interesting. I just don't know. I don't. I have never read Savage Dragon. I like Ra- I like Eric Larson's art, but I just you know. I've yeah, never... you might you might like it. You might like a few issues here and there. I don't know how you would like it like as a whole, like reading all two hundred something issues. But what we do is we only read the first issue and then maybe a handful after that. <laughs> never well, and then never again and then never figure no. out anything that ever happened. <laughs> you know what? As it should be like that. That no. that's the way it should do. You know that that's the magic of comics. It's like reading a comic when you're a little kid. Like you don't have a whole collection. Like that's crazy. You exactly. just get whatever the rack has or whatever 7-Eleven is stocking that week, you know? Yeah. Like we'll, we'll, we'll usually read just to see like, Oh, that's a crazy cliffhanger. What do they do with that? But mostly we just do the first issue because that's all anybody ever reads, you know? Yeah. So like sell me on the first issue and what's the story of this one comic and all those image guys were putting everything they had into the first one, you know? Yeah. Like, like Rob Youngblood number two has nothing to do with number one. It's about profit as you know, so, right, but yeah, right. that's just, that's our mentality with it. But, uh, yeah, you know, like it's, a it's an interesting thing though, because I feel like in just like the way people interact with that media, like I said, it's just so shallow. And I, I always wonder if it's just because like, uh, like if it's because the art or because it was like oxygen for so long, you know, like because it is the yeah. popular form, because it is the way every, everybody was aping it. Like you don't, don't have to acknowledge it as like a thing. You know, right. It's all fodder. It's all fuel. I mean, there, there, there's so many reasons to hate that stuff and I get them all. I get it. It's oversaturation. You never want to like the popular guy who's getting fucking loaded off this. If you consider this to be garbage and they're getting successful at it, that must be infuriating to guys just, you know, toiling away, whether they're doing superhero comics or uh, a great piece of art or whatever. That must be frustrating. So I could see why he's been a punching bag or why those guys as a whole are punching bags, right? But specifically Rob Liefeld, because think about this. He's never had anyone um, like come to his defense. Not that he needs it, but since the first day, his editor has been shitting on him. Like he's always had, (laughs) except for maybe Bob Harris with the, you know, who brought him into the X-Men office. Everyone has been gunning for him. Even his peers, like the guy of course has developed this thick skin. And of course he's going to be like, not humble by anything. He, of course, he's going to yeah. be greedy about the creation of Deadpool because it's like the history <laughs> books are talking shit about you. You know, the blogs are talking Absolutely. shit about you. The creators are, are you know, talking shit about you. So I mean, he does one awkward cover with Captain America and it, like every fan thinks they're entitled to just say he's a terrible artist for the rest of time. They don't, they didn't see Youngblood number eight, you know, where it was nothing but fucking God tier shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right, there's nothing right, like right. non non artists uh, talking shit about Rob Liefeld. Like nothing, nothing grades me more than that. Like yeah, you can't same, even draw. Same, same. But yeah. think about this. Like at least Jim Lee still like everyone loves him. They they like bow to him. They're like, okay, you're the shit. You could actually draw yeah. whether they like Wildcats or not. They could acknowledge that. Oh, he draws. Uh, even Todd, the haters reluctantly admit, okay, but at least he draws pretty cool. Like, yeah. Spawn might suck, but he still draws pretty cool. And I'll still fuck with the Spider-Man. But Liefeld gets none of that. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. That's got to fuck with your head a little bit. Especially if you're <laughs> young and you're, like, 
an artist trying to like develop your own voice and you're you're sort of like open to all of these uh crit- criticisms that's got to mess you up in some way so i think he's developed to this day like this weird thick skin that's sort of like borderline arrogant in times but he knows his place but not really and why the fuck should he anyway like yeah he's just feeding his family and that that i so relate to that and i apply that to my own career so fucking hard that i that's that just made me love him even more upon my reconsideration of his work i always found it so interesting too because of of those guys he's the only one well not maybe not the only one but mainly the one who sort of embraced like indie comic stuff like you know he he had you do the blood strike stuff or i don't know how that worked yeah. I'll, I'll ask about it but then he also when they did like the the last big sort of like you know thing that he had a hand in was you know the profit stuff yeah. with Simon Roy yeah. and then the stuff with Sophie Campbell like not obvious choices no. to to relaunch the, that shit not at all they were hits and yeah and they were they were all hits like you know yeah i don't know i, I don't know what they sold but they were critical hits yeah critically yeah but like Todd Jim all those all those dudes like well listen except for a wildcats relaunch that we don't have to get into <laughs> <laughs> but they no, uh, tell me more <laughs> we talked about on the wildcats one i i just don't want to bore listeners because i may have already talked about this like one too many times hey every podcast every podcast episode could be someone's first exactly podcast episode. that's exactly what i was no, about to fair. say Michelle. yeah <laughs> yeah no, so like you know i i i don't yeah. know mm-hmm. i'm much more i'm much more in the line of like i was trying to do that stuff anyway like i'm not as indie i don't have as much indie cred as you sophie or simon roy like <laughs> but it's it was it was an offbeat choice for them to to think about doing me with that book for sure was, that's all you know well i mean this kind of goes back to the beginning of my flirtation with this stuff like you know because it was like i was an indie guy make no mistake i've been trying to break into the business since i was in high school like trying to get Marvel gigs, DC gigs, yeah. like submitting samples that were terrible and still thinking like, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to take over so-and-so's job. I'm going to be the new guy, even though I suck bad, just like a bunch of kids I'm sure did. But I've been wanting to do this shit for a while, knowing that Marvel would just be like a stepping stone towards doing my own stuff, right? Yeah. But I still had that love for mainstream comics and I thought I could work within those parameters and I, would, I remember going to like conventions with my samples and... You know, editors would be like, you're just not, you're, you're not, this is the wrong industry for you, my friends. <laughs> like maybe, maybe try self-publishing or maybe like independent, you know, kind of like, like yeah. casting me aside. Like, no, 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 go. One editor at least once told me, uh, this is more like vertigo type stuff. Why don't you try them? And it's like, there are no vertigo mm. editors at that mega con in Orlando or something, you know? <laughs> so, but for, for years I've just been you know struggling to get in with my own style because i'm not like i'm not going to do a liefeld or a lee or whatever was hot at the time yeah uh, at that time i think it was like travis charay which is so far from what i want to do or what i can do like <laughs> i'm not going to do photorealistic tracing i'm not i think it's beautiful for what it is but it's not me and that's that's what the industry wanted so whatever so it's just it's just this narrative of me trying to break in because i think superheroes could accommodate weird fucking styles like think about walt simonson sam keith like all huge superhero guys not really indie darlings but they have like weird styles and that's what i gravitated to even frankie miller as big as he is that's kind of a weird style if you really break it down 
100 percent it's funny because like we've i think we talked about this but there's like really four accepted styles in comics you can either be like a somni guy you can be <laughs> yeah. a jim lee guy you can be somni jim lee who are the other ones like I guess those are the main two. No, I, I, I know what you mean. No, but there's like photorealistic. Like a Stuart Amonin guy and, you know. Yeah, Stuart Amonin just, has a all... whole bunch of kids running around. Yeah. there's Or, or and like, you know, there's becoming a more more room for like James Heron-ish types. But, sure. you know, there's like, there, there are branches of those trees that are like the ones that the editors understand is like, okay, this is, you know, and you could be on time, do this stuff, we're, we're, we're money, right? That's why like... I, when I broke in, it was kind of surprising, but editors always put me on the weird shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like, we have a weird thing, you want to do it? I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like, you know, like that's, that fits perfect for me because I don't want to do the the main shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's why it was so, um, I felt, I, I was very, um, when I met you at Heroes, I was very surprised, but like very happy and grateful that you considered me like a an art, an artist art guy you know i wasn't in indie alley but like i was you know i had <laughs> i had some credibility with you oh, come on. And it, i know what you mean like indie island that's just you know that that's just uh, you know you know what i'm saying yeah no i know i know what you mean i know what you mean i'm just i'm, trying a, to like... I'm a corporate i was a corporate comics guy specifically at that time nah. i'd never i did like one indie comic i was not that guy but yeah you literally started out at, like with marvel gigs basically <laughs> yeah okay stop bragging <laughs> Come on. No, I didn't even <laughs> want to make comics. That was the thing. Oh, stop bragging even more. <laughs> I hate that shit. I didn't, I didn't think I was good enough. They just, they just like, plucked me right from my house. A Marvel, Marvel guy <laughs> came in through my door. I was living in my parents' like backyard, basically, in like a shed. And I got an email. It's like, you want to work for Marvel? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Axel Alonso. Axel Alonso himself just like broke in through your door and said, kid do you want to work for Marvel? And he flew you out there and it was, it was happily f- ever after. I did Google my editor. Cause I was like, I don't know if this guy's real. I think this might be someone playing a prank on me. Like this might be a scam. And I was like, Oh no, it's a real guy there. Holy shit. Let's go. I, I completely relate uh, to, to Michelle right now because like right. I, in high school, I was, I was already like filling up notebooks worth of my own stories and like completely unironically I would carry all of the like four full notebooks of my of my then comic on the off chance that anywhere <laughs> I was if I was in a mall <laughs> if I was anywhere I would bump into Stan Lee oh my god and he would I be there. That. It would be that. some kind of appearance. I he I, I I would very like politely. I wouldn't like insist or anything. I'd mention that I draw comics. I would show him the first notebook, and he would be like, "Oh my god, this is incredible! <laughs> this is Excelsior right now!" Like, that wasn't true. That was supposed to be. It. That I was Stanley. Yeah, I, I had to throw in the Excelsior just in case, just to get oh, okay, it across okay, okay. that this is a Stanley impersonation in which he <laughs> would fall in love with my work and immediately ship me over to New York, and and I yeah. would become a, a Marvel artist or something because I like the work has nothing. The work I drew had nothing to do with like Marvel comics. It was like my own like sort of like uh, sci-fi manga whatever, but I. The the the, fant- the the fantasy is, is is real. No, at least you were yeah. prepared. That sounds way more prepared than 
I would have been, <laughs> you know, like I had a, I had a few samples that I mailed out to the companies themselves, but I was never, I never had a sketchbook. I never, I was, I was never that guy, you know, even in art yeah. class, I like almost failed art class. I was just not that prepared. So it's, just, <laughs> it's a mess. I, I didn't grow up reading comics. Like, did you? I mean, I'm assuming, yeah, because you were... Yeah, of course. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I know your story. You you mostly... Was it the X-Men cartoon? X-Men cartoon was huge. And then Mortal Kombat. I just like to draw Mortal Kombat stuff and Power Rangers and, you know, whatever was popping, like Ninja Turtles. And then I got into, like, metal shit, and I was just like, I just want to draw Slipknot no, listen, all day. Okay, listen. All right, we got to put a pin on two things. Styles, the the Sam yes. branch and all that shit. I want to talk about that. We got to talk about that. Absolutely. Okay, so Styles and Ed Piscor. Okay, two things. That's Eddie P. Eddie P. Shout out. We're going to we're going to talk we're going to unpack all this shit. Everyone wanna, get ready, go wait. get a cup of coffee, go relax. We're going to get into this <laughs> shit right now. But and now and now you mentioned Slipknot, we're going to have to talk about that too. But the thing is, I think I I okay, I I bring up the X-Men, the reason I remember that about you is because I think that was the first either tweet or something that I read when I first discovered your work and I looked you up and I hit you up and you said something like, oh, the X-Men cartoon is way better than the Batman cartoon. Like it's not even a contest. Yes. And, and to me, that's like, what, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) But, but like, like I was like, what? That's, that's not right. That is not right. But I liked that you thought that I like that you were just in your con- <laughs> in your in your conviction. You're just like you, yeah, that you were wrong with chutzpah. <laughs> I was right. You're, and you're I'm still right, right with chutzpah. It's I, fucking well. Great. Here's here's my it's thing. I, I, if I'm a kid, if I'm a kid, and I have the choice between, and I was a kid, and I had a choice between two cartoons. No, you don't have to justify it because I get it. I totally got one that. is awkward. Yes, but it, there's like all this color. There's all these cool characters. There's all this like great energy, cool designs, and everything. And it's like not modern, new, 90s, mall baby to chili fries. <laughs> yes, yes. And then you have the the Batman one, which is, yes, I understand now as an adult, okay, more stylishly made, better written, whatever. But but all all retrograde shit, all set in like the, fi- the 50s, 30s, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not it's not modern. It's not new. It's not hip. It's dull. The colors are not cool. The, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to excite a child in that. Right. And there's not like even and as an adult, like, okay, yeah, I understand stylistically better, but as a, you know, as a kid, it didn't have Mr. Sinister. Right. It didn't have. No, I, it, yeah, I, I, I agree, you know, and that's why I like that about you and, and your point of view generally with everything, even, and even when I come across an opinion from anybody that I, I don't have, if it's a well-formulated one and it's not like punching down or being toxic or whatever like i i i like that i like that you know and that's why that stems from like me defending these image things because it's like nobody everyone was disproportionately hating it and i'm like how how did those dudes become millionaires when so many people apparently hate these things so no one's really like talking about them in a good light and so you with the x-men it was easy to shit on that cartoon for years like oh that's like a clunky whatever it's not batman batman's the standard and I bought into that, you know, because honestly, I don't have like a, a, a dog in the race. Like, I don't really yeah. care. I, I, I wasn't watching those cartoons when they were coming out. Uh, I was still a kid, but I just I just missed them. I just I was never plugged in. But yeah. I thought, oh, How yeah, are you again right now? Forty one. So I, I was okay. raised. I was just the... curious, like what the what the age reign of like, you know, because like, I was like five when that shit came out. Right. 
Yeah. I was a re- I was like a preteen, you know, in the early 90s. Yeah. I was already like you know, mostly like, watching MTV. You're on the cooler shit. Yeah, you're on the cooler shit than those cartoons for babies. R- Ramon, right. <laughs> Ramon and I, we were basically like prime age for like Saturday yeah. morning Fox Kids. Totally. Power. So I didn't mean to cut you nope. off. I was just curious, like what where you fell in the. It wasn't. It wasn't targeting towards you. Like you had cooler shit to watch, anyways. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I grew up. The cartoons I grew up with were like. Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, that sort yeah. of shit, and sitcoms and stuff. Always reading comics, you know, so I grew up on, like, 80s comics and then 90s. And, re- like, it was that period post-image when I stopped reading comics, really. Like, sure. I just took a break. And I think because I was paying them for my on my own, and those image comics were so expensive back then, and it they just weren't delivering the thing I wanted. I, I just didn't find it in Shadowhawk. I'm sorry, but I could look back and, and like oh that's God. cool on its own. But at, at the time, I'm like three fifty for this. Like this ain't that good. Like fuck, what am I doing? Like I have no fucking money, you know. And then I'm discovering three fifty you know, in like, '90s bucks. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Three fifty is a lot of money. Fairness to Shadowhawk. There's the issue that crosses over with 1963, where he goes back in time and like tries to stop Comrade Cockroach from from creating AIDS. <laughs> And that issue was an absolute banger. I want to talk about it when we do the Shadowhawk episode, but I can't wait. <laughs> like, but anyways, I I wanted to I wanted to say something about what we were talking about, like not to be too off. You said Shadowhawk, and my mind went blank. <laughs> like, oh, and I felt that, and I felt that, so I quickly ended it. I'm like, oh, he's not listening anymore. I better just wrap this shit up. It doesn't my, matter. Shadowhawk. My mind went into a shadow. No, but like one of the things, one of the, like. I get where you're coming from, and one of the reasons why I was, why I did turn from being like an internet snob goon about Liefeld was I remember when I knew I wasn't good at drawing sequential art, drawing comic book pages, and but I knew what I was good at, which was just drawing like cool shit, like drawing people in like cool shoes and like developing the style that I have now, but like in the infancy of that and like trying to figure out what it was going to be. And I remember like hanging out at a comic book shop, sitting on the ground, like looking at new stuff, being just unexcited by like most of the modern comics that were coming out at the time. Right. And this, you know, there was like a Liefeld thing and I was, I was kind of looking at it and I remember the shop owner was just like, oh yeah, like that fucking sucks. Like this not, it's not good. And I, and I was like, why? He's like, well, what's the, what's the problem with it? He goes, it's just, you know, it's just his style or whatever. Like it was just like brushed it off. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, I don't know how to draw, but I'm developing the style to sort of like figure it out. And like, I'll, I'll work on the other shit later. And I felt like a lot of kinman, kin, kinmanship with, with what, how Rob was perceived, you know, yeah. like he would just want to do what was cool. And I just felt like that it's a hundred percent. Like, like, I understand that I understand coming fr- at comics from that point of view. I, you know, there's a lot of people that just like go overboard with like uh the craft of it mm-hmm. and they'll just i i'll see some artists that will go like you know on twitter one of the things i absolutely hate <laughs> i don't know if you know this about me is that i absolutely hate process shit on twitter <laughs> where people will be like hater shit here's here's the 15 panel grid that i set up that's going to be in every single page for the next 18 issues i'm doing and here's exactly how i'm inking here's exact like you know like they're just like putting their entire creative process as like a as like a clinical sort of breakdown and this is the stuff i love to post to show people like 
here's why I'm smart about this. What a yeah, what a fucking genius you are. What a fucking asshole. You know what? I've I've been posting tons of process stuff lately. That's funny you say that. Because <laughs> I'm a total asshole. No, but you know what? You know what? I, I rarely do that, but I just thought I forgot what piece it was, but it was something and I, I do it mostly because my pencils are a mess. And I think it, yeah. you know, people might find that interesting. I don't know. I, I kinda don't care about process stuff myself when i look at it i'm like I, okay that's fine yeah. you know in the back of books they they show like sketches and and uh uh you know the writer shares his script i find all that shit a waste of paper i could not interest me in me at all <laughs> like at all i don't give a shit about any of it i don't care about anyone's sketchbooks or methods unless it's frank quietly yeah well yeah well there are exceptions of course <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's yeah. not be ridiculous here but for the internet for twitter specifically it's just a stream of stuff so i'm just throwing stuff if some people see it awesome that's sure. fine and my pencils are usually such a mess they're like chicken scratch so it's it's just to show that not everything has to be tightly because i see these sure. dudes these men and women showing like their layouts and they're tighter than my pencils and i'm like 100%. what the fuck where's the fun in me. drawing you're just like retracing that shit. They're just, I think they probably just saw like Kevin Nolan doing that in the nineties. And they're like, Oh, that's what I got to do. I just have to be super meticulous in every process, every step of the process. And to me, it just sucks the fun out of it. I don't know. The thing that I find sort of annoying is when it's like, Oh, look at this warm up sketch I did. And it's a full fucking painting. It's a full like rendered fucking Vista. Totally. And it's like, or, the or they're cool down. Like, oh, I did a cool down just real quick before bed, and it's the same thing. It's just like, it looks like our Adams level rendering where yes. you just went absolutely ballistic. Yeah. I like, you didn't cool no down with idea. that. You spent all day on that shit. No idea how, after a whole day of drawing, uh, somebody would be like, oh, yeah, let me unwind and draw. Yeah, I, that, that's nuts. <laughs> well, I, I get that. I understand that mentality because you might not be drawing something you want to draw during the day. Yeah, I'm very true. fortunate that I that I do, but like I understand why you might want to do that. I don't understand why you know you have to just say you drew a thing. Don't say oh just real quick because uh, we could tell you're lying. It's, right. it's clearly you're full of shit. No, my favorite is when it's like something trending or like someone passes away <laughs> and it's a portrait. I'm like, oh, congratulations. Oh, oh you're, that's really cool. Oh, you really do have a heart. You my my, thing, my favorite thing to do when they do that is like look at Google image search and see how many scrolls it takes for me to find the reference image. <laughs> for some, it's just like if you could tell they it's really the care one. if it's they scrolled a little bit down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a yeah, there's a few artists that are famous for doing that that are just like they just, it's just like, how do you find time to do anything else? Like if you're just refreshing Twitter to see who died. Yeah. No, I I get it. I get it. I, and I, I could talk about shitting on Twitter all fucking day, seriously. Or, yeah, or just yeah, like yeah. trends it's, within fucking artists. It's just, man, I, I'm so close could, to like deleting that account every other day. I'm just like, I, I could I post doing? some pictures right now and say it's portfolio day. And in in an hour, everybody would be posting their portfolios thinking it's <laughs> yeah. actually portfolio just, day. There's no like there's no rules on what day portfolio day actually is. I could oh, weird. Right it's, now, all, it's in my calendar that. right now. That's so weird. <laughs> no, like the, the pro tip Twitter thing, though, it always makes me laugh because like, yeah, all these motherfuckers think that Twitter is just filled with aspiring comic artists when there's like not that many of them. Yeah. And you're mostly doing it for fans who are like, oh, that's neat. I'll share that for people who might be following me that want it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just a it's just a weird thing where there's like just tons of them. And like, you know, again, it's all peace and love. No, dis <laughs> no hate. Seriously. It's, yeah. it's all, no disrespect. 
But it's just such a weird mentality to think that, like, I'm going to take it upon myself to explain. And, like, it, it's funny, too, because, like, you'll see this with, like, letters and, like, colorists. But mainly, like, the funniest one to me is letters because, like, I'm not, I don't want to disparage the fine craft of lettering. We, we do, like, why? we do need letterers to <laughs> you say why? Yeah. <laughs> finish the books because we're busy drawing. Basically. Yeah, because sometimes they have to letter over my pencils, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to throw insult to injury. Why? It's a machine. It's a machine. It's not a. It's it's not a human person that does it anyway. It's a fucking machine. Who cares? Just uh, insult right. letters yeah. all you want. You know what really sickens me is uh, letter credits on covers. What? Are you kidding? <laughs> is, Let's go talk about this. It. Is, Get this the is fuck a real here. talk right now. Get the fuck out of was... colorists. What? I don't mind that. I don't mind <laughs> like, colors. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I, I'm kidding. I'm totally, first yeah. of all, I'm totally kidding. I love all the Wait, colors, all the letters. But you're serious about the letters, though? No, but I'm serious about this. I'm serious about the letters. Uh, no, I'm serious <laughs> about this. No credits at all. No credits. Oh, dude. Whoa. At all. I, I agree with you 100%. I told, I told the editor of the book I'm working on now, like, listen, I understand there might be reasons why you can't do it, but if it's as all possible... No credits on the cover because part of the reason no one cares, no one fucking cares, and it doesn't look good. I feel about it this way. I it's, that's the main thing is it doesn't look good, and like I think about it about album covers, and <laughs> yeah. I look at the album cover and I see the name of the band, the name of the like the title of the album, right? That's two things, and that's sometimes sometimes it's just the art on it on an album. Sometimes just the art, yeah. like yeah. and like I don't have to see who was the producer who did the drums on like one track. Like, I don't need to see all of that information totally. on the album cover. Absolutely. Like, and my, my metric for like, if a cover is good or not, or like if it's cool or not is when I used to ride the bus everywhere. Right. Uh, and it's not like Stockton is not a town with great public transit. So like I, I'm saying that just because like it was not common, but I think about if I was in like New York or like an actual city that had, good public transportation like if i could read a, a cover a comic on the bus or a train or whatever and i'm not embarrassed by it then it then it passes my bar right. of like good <laughs> and like there's so many more comics than not don't pass that bar yeah that, that's a good standard to have i think because of the, the social shame how standard. many yeah how many how many things are on credits and then companies would start putting like you know rise of the green arrow at the top and you know they on the side it's like you know there's just too much shit on the top it has like an event bar of like yeah. just the whole uh company-wide event that this is tying into yeah man yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or like a list of like 50 names it's like who like what what's who's that for like what, yeah. what's that for you know what i mean and this kind of stems from something that i thought maybe i was just being hateful one day walking the floor at New York City Comic Con, but I was like, why do, why do, why does Artist Alley exist? Like, why is it here? <laughs> like, I, no, trust me, I get it. I've tabled, all my friends tabled. It's, it's a survival mechanism. We need to put our stuff out there. You're selling things to people. But if you think about like taking your kid to like, here's the world of comics, and it's just like this grayish room with shitty cafeteria lighting and like sad faces trying to, sell you some bullshit really desperately it's like that's that's not com i mean maybe that is comics to some people but that shouldn't be the thing that like enthralls a kid that's not what i saw when i was a kid you yeah. know it's just fucking weird and that's like taking a kid to the market or like going to the market and like like shaking hands with the farmer who like raised 
the, the eggs or, you know, got the milk. It's like, I don't care about that. Just give me it's the eggs if, and the milk. Just it's give as me as the if, thing. like, uh, there was, there's a KB Toys or, or a Toys R Us and, and you, you take the kid to, to the Toys R Us and they're like enthralled by all the colors, all the toys, all the different like Lego sets and whatever. And there's a back section with the workers who, who made all of them. Yeah. Right, right. It's a it's a pit yeah. of misery, and it's like that's supposed to be like behind the scenes, and it's like these are the people who make these things. It's like well, I don't, some people want to know that. Some people have to go to sell their enamel pins, and you have to respect that. Like, right, the right. enamel pin game is hot, <laughs> or their or their prints, their Harlequin prints, or whatever. <laughs> there's a there's a thing that I always talk about on on the show about love of the fame versus love of the game, where like there's a mentality where you want to bolster your own brand instead of just your art i've never heard this you've never said this on the show yeah i have i've said this on the show i've said love of the fame or love of the game i absolutely have i think it was on the fuck the process episode maybe maybe it was like one of those sports episodes you did nope i said love of the fame or love of the game and there's so many artists that get into it because they want like more twitter followers i don't give a shit like that's why i tweet about sports i don't care if people don't want to follow me Oh my, like, oh my god! I yeah. Actively, I, I actively threaten people like unfollow me right now, <laughs> <laughs> and it works. It works. Yeah, and uh, if 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 I cared about that shit, all I would do was post process process shots, and you know talk about how happy I am to be a comic book artist. <laughs> but I don't do that shit because I don't really care, right? I uh, I I like you know just talk about Twitter. I do that shit because it amuses me. Like the, I, I've started to do a new thing where on for pro tip Twitter, just like do bad advice or like talk about, like just say crazy shit. Like, <laughs> oh, like people always talk about, oh, pro tip for artists who have to draw horses, which is just such like a stupid thing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, there's all these comic artists that have to draw horses all the time for I, sure. I do. But yeah, I know. I mean, I do too right now, but I'm just saying like, it's an annoying thing. Yeah. Everyone's a, everyone's a amateur horse expert. How often do you have to check Twitter to learn how to draw horses, though, Daniel? Is, have you ever gotten any useful advice off of that? No. No, I haven't. So I made a tweet where I was like, the only way to learn how to draw a horse, go to a horse, kill a horse, and, like, feel <laughs> it, its bloody sinew between your fingers and the, under the pale moonlight. Like, that's the only way you'll understand a horse. Nice reference. But... I, I like that. <laughs> Look, I may have watched Batman once or twice. <laughs> that's that's the real Batman right there. <laughs> but, no, nah, like, it's a... It's, uh, it's like a love of the fame thing where like it's a cult everybody wants to have a cult of personality. I feel like shit. everyone is LARPing comics in a way. Like they're like they're role playing the the ideal comics community with these posts, like with like uh love hashtag love letterers type uh <laughs> type situations where it, they they love to get into this role of of comics industry people when uh, most of the time a lot of these people are kind of like peripheral to the to the process. Right. Um, yeah. Look, I love letters. I would have voted for Todd Klein president twice if I could. Hashtag love letters. <laughs> Hashtag love letters. John but, Workman. <laughs> Bob. Blapper. But you know, it's it's just uh you know. It's just like, I, I know too it, many letters like uh, that. This is that useless information that's in my brain. And I, I forget like my mom's birthday, but I know who <laughs> fucking Bob Lappin is like, what the, why, why do I know that? But, but yeah, much respect to all letters out there. I only Thank respect, 
I only respect letterers that don't put their name on. It's like Kablangi. Like. And also to shout out to defont.com as well. <laughs> yeah, my favorite letter is definitely defont. <laughs> defont.com is absolutely yeah. Comica with the K I K A, that's the best one. Wait, what about Elephant Men? Is that a lettering thing or is that a book book? I forget. I think it's a comic book. I think Elephant Man is a book. Oh shit. I don't know. I yeah. I I, I know Starking. there's a Frank Quietly cover for it. Sploink. Shout oh, out to you know, Sploink, Sploink you know Frank Quietly, he also did a, a Youngblood cover, so that's that's a good Youngblood comic. Yes, where they're at the diner. Yeah, that's a great comic. That's legit I, a great comic. <laughs> I listen. You, there's there's very few people that could say a Frank Quietly anything. I like you know how you don't remember anything. Like I I will forget every fucking thing, but I I know every single thing Frank Quietly has drawn for the most part. I have to. You know he's on uh he he's on Twitter now. Oh, he follows he's me. Got... We're a mutual follow. Oh, that's awesome. I was thinking like, man, that would be sad <laughs> if like he didn't follow you back. Like that. What would you do? What would you do? I w- I I wanted him to not follow me because like otherwise it's weird when I then I post art and I'm like, oh, what a fucking legend, what a god. As yeah, soon as as weird. soon as quietly followed, weird. all of Ramon's posts have been like like. Some it's like a mixture between like being really alpha about his quietly knowledge, but also like sucking dick a little bit. I, I posted the the day he followed me. I posted like somebody asked, "Oh, what comics do you keep on your nightstand?" And I just have my entire collection of quietly like trades and shit. I just put that all up on my nightstand. Took a picture of it. Oh my God. Well, look, if he's not if he follows me, he sees this. You know, has he has he liked a, the post? Has he liked the post yet? No, he doesn't. He doesn't look at other people's Twitter feeds. I don't think uh, he's smart. <laughs> he's so smart. Yeah, he's, he's a legend. Well, he barely got on Twitter. Why would he look at it now? Every day, I pray to God that he doesn't come out with an NFT. Oh God, yeah, he might. You never know. He's like on the cusp of that generation of like, yeah, let's try new shit. Maybe. They're giant. They they'll they, like. I feel like with half of these people, they just have an agent that knows that NFTs are money and their agent approaches them and they're like, have you heard of NFTs? And they're like, no. And the agent is like, it's big bucks. And that's all they have. Like, they're not going to go in and agent says, I give you computer money for nothing. You get computer money. Make that real money. It's good. And they say, "Okay, yeah, it's good. Yeah. No, like most of these artists don't have a time to check Artyom's Twitter to see what's good and what isn't. Man, you can't talk to a, a, an essential sequential guy about anything but, like, pastrami. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, if you nice. really want to have a conversation with them, you need to bring up ribs. You, you need to bring <laughs> up charcoal. Yeah. You got, if you talk to an essential sequential guy and you don't bring up, like, a third baseman, they're not going to listen. Their mind will just gloss over and they'll think about, like, second baseman. <laughs> A sweet, a sweet fifties hot rod. Yeah, man, that's so funny that you bring them up because it's like, or not them, but that that's also like a subsect of creators now, where it's just like mm. getting repped by 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 a thing. Yeah, you know, like there. What's the what's a new one? Inky Knuckles. I think I don't know if Heron's <laughs> on that or or. Nah, James is with Felix. Uh, whenever whenever somebody talks to my mom, she talks very positively about me. <laughs> She's a, she's a saint and she's beautiful and I love her. No, but like yeah, there's a like the idea of getting repped by that is it it is very useful I think if you don't know your own value, but if you do, it's less useful. And also if you're one of those guys who like you you genuinely just have to spend time 
listening to your wife talk about her day and you need somebody to deal with the art side. Yeah. Like get somebody to deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. God bless. It's all peace and love. In terms of, in terms of internet culture, I always just see it as like the difference between speaker box and the love below. What is, Wait, what do you mean? That what do you mean? Yeah, that, you that's like uh, Outcast. Uh, <laughs> no, I know the know, I know the album. Know Jesus it, Christ, like, we're not fucking like morons. It feels like different internet crews. Like you got the essential sequential people, and they just oh, have a okay. vibe. You got the Felix people, and there's definitely a vibe to sort of like that kind of generation tone, of artists. The Tones Brigade, R.I.P. Well, who's, yeah. the, who's the speaker box of this? Who's the underdog? Because mm. I feel like people were hating on speaker box for a long time. I I think mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. It's not one to one. It's not like there's like a flashy None glam, of, the yeah. love below type. Hey, yeah, people. Well, I think the thing was, it was at first, it was just Cadence comic art. That was the only thing that existed. Uh-huh. And and then when other ones came up, like Felix is really smart. He's really good about marketing and everything. Uh, he dropped NFTs. He didn't he, like. I think he saw the writing on the walls. Like even if it makes people money, like people are gonna hate you for it. So. Like I think Felix, like just in my interact, like just my dealings with him, super smart guy, super like sort of on the nose about how that shit goes, and like <clears throat> even if he doesn't care about it or whatever, he knows that it's sort of like a PR nightmare to be a crew doing that, yeah. and and also that it's it's a legal quagmire, as with companies now saying like you can't sell a Batman NFT, we sell Batman right, NFTs. Right. And so that's why, like, the Essential Sequential guys are like, yeah, well, we're selling the original art. The NFT is just a byproduct of, like, that's just a certificate art, certificate of authenticity. But, you know, explain that in court. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's, what I that's mean? That's tricky, man. Yeah, because then you just talk about, like, what, what's been going on before, like, with prints or sketchbooks yeah, mm-hmm. or whatever. That, you know, and the, the industry has kind of turned a blind eye towards that shit. Like, they don't really mess with convention enamel pins yeah 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 prints yeah. right all that stuff <laughs> plushies i just love enamel pins so i mean i don't have any i just mean like <laughs> no, of course not you just wear them you're consumer. no i just love the idea that people like they go oh, god, i gotta i gotta get a that's new where the money is out. man enamel pins and stickers they it, seem so expensive it's a tactile so ex- experience that people can made of enamel like, add to their lives no, I, 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 you know, it's all love. It's all peace and love for the enamel pin game. <laughs> no, I, but, I, I, I don't disagree that it is like strange to like be a comic book artist, but the majority of your revenue comes from like pins. That that's true for a lot of people. I think. I just think it's funny that people need that much mm-hmm, flair. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? You know? You're talking about flair, like TGIF? Well, I just think it's funny that people need that much flair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I express myself very simply. <laughs> Supply and demand, babe. Like, R- Ramon puts on his, his Oakley shades and you know what's up. <laughs> exactly, bro. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I like, you know, those reps. Like, I, they mostly, I like those artists generally. But, you know, talking about, like, um, online social media performance, like, they post stuff, like, those kind of artists. I just don't really relate to them, especially the way yeah. they post because they post, like, a corner of like half of their drawing and it's amazing. And I'm yeah. just not that kind of artist, you know, I'm just, <laughs> right, so it's right, like, right. I feel weird even though I've done it. Sometimes I try to post something quasi interesting, but it's like, I like, even I don't give a shit about this. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not sure. that flashy of a dude. I, I think I'd rather just have someone read the comic, the actual story page. And that's, I don't know if that's me psyching myself out. Like, well, I can't do that. So you just got to have to read the comic to really get what I'm going for. Um, but that, you know, but that's maybe a big ask for like a feed of just information and images and words on like Instagram or something, you know, but I still like, 
I still like that that exists. And, you know, yeah, it could be a, a little corny or overwhelming sometimes. Some people do it well. Um, yeah. Other people make me want to slit my wrists. Whatever. It's, 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 a, it's a balance, you know. It's a spectrum. So It's funny knows? that you say that uh, because I remember when I first heard of Copra. And, you know, somebody was like, oh, check this out. It's a really good comic. I looked at it and, and from a cover, you know, this was like you were still shipping them out. You know, like it was early, early Copra stuff. Yeah. I looked at it at the cover. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You know what I mean? Like you look at me, you look at me, you know how I am. I'm like, ah. And then when I read it, I'm like, oh, this is sick. All right. My bad. <laughs> you know, like, but it was that at a first glance, I'm like, no. But no, I, you I, know, I, I understand why people would do that with me or who, you know what I mean? Like, so that I've become basically if I, if it's interesting and you're, I think your stuff is, I'll give it a shot. If it's, if it looks like every other fucking like semi inspired by Disney and manga kind of thing, mm-hmm. I'll just be like, all right, whatever. If it just looks like a Chris Omni thing, most times my eyes glaze over. Right, right, right. Cause I'm just like, all right. I'm like, shout thing. out. Shout out, peace and love. It's I think all, this. I think this goes good. back to the, to the cartoon conversation about like X Men yes. versus the animated <laughs> series. Does. I feel like the animated series kind of like becomes a pipeline to the Somni babies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a connection there for sure. Yeah, because of the because of the you know Bruce Tim, he did that whole style, and it's just, you know if you, you're gonna love Darwin Cook, you're gonna love Chris Somni, you're gonna love yeah, you're gonna love old school illustrator guys like that that are not really that old school, you know, yeah. the idea of old school. Yeah. yeah, or if you like, if you prefer Batman Year One over Dark Knight Returns, Samney might yeah. be mm-hmm. your guy. You know, as opposed yeah. to me, I I I think Dark Knight Returns is a much more superior product, but that's just me. I like Dave Mazzucchelli. That's all good, but that's it's just the specific. It's all yeah, it's all. It's all good, y'all. I love Asterios Polyp. I yeah, that's a great. That's uh, I'll reread that over, over you know, Born Again or your. All right, let's not go crazy. Let's not. I'm just being a hundred percent real with you. I cried in Asterios Polyp. I thought that was amazing, and the other stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a Batman comic, I guess. No, I I agree with you. I I mean, we. My God, yeah, we could just talk about born again versus a serious polyp for hours um <laughs> but the thing it's funny you mentioned that you didn't like copra at a glance because i've it's it's just so funny it's taken me a while to sort of like um not care about that you know like and, yeah, and i learned I that no no and it. i early on i learned that because it was like yeah. it, it comes down to like that i'm feeding my family off this shit i don't care what people yeah. think which i didn't have before when it was more of right. a like desperate trying to break in and i'm doing indie stuff and i'm trying to do this and that and trying to do zines and trying to do you know fan art and trying to submit and you care you care because that's like that's how you gauge whether you're uh hitting the mark or you're making headway in the in breaking in or not you need results right and Mm -hmm. so my way of of figuring that out was selling my own comic and making a comic and once it hit i'm like okay i could pay my bills with this awesome i don't give a fuck who reviews it i don't give a fuck who carries <laughs> right. it you know i used to get butt hurt when like a when a store wouldn't want to order my old shit and i'm like what do i have to do do i have to you know I, <laughs> I would have to worry about that shit and now it's like oh you don't want it okay see ya i'll never contact you again you know yeah. like i don't give a shit I, all i need is one store to survive or no stores or no you know what i mean like it sort yeah. of opened my my confidence in that regard you know not not artistically but in like like practically you know you've definitely um, been like a model 
for self-publishing in terms of like i i have the utmost respect for how you've uh moved for real well that's just that that's because like i had no option like i i the last thing i wanted to ever do was self-publish like come on like that that was like (laughs) you know you have to be like you have to be your own warehouse, your own like bookkeeper. Like it, that shit is yeah. boring. I wanted to just draw and like send, mail it out to someone so they could take it's care of it. It's a whole other job. Like it's, it's an additional uh, amount of hours that you can't draw. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, in the world, sometimes self-publishing is like a bad word. Like, oh, that doesn't count. That's not real. Like, you know, you're not like certain stores won't even like put you in the da- database, won't order you online you know makes it impossible to find you online it's just there are all these hurdles but the thing is you just have to make it work because it doesn't fucking matter you just have to make it work you have to sell the thing to the person and that's all that matters if they're showing up to buy it awesome and that's where things like twitter or you know at that at that time it was like mostly facebook or like a mail a mailing list you just tell people i got this you want it cool let's do it again i mean it's it's crazy it's crazy though because like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know you, but I remember like Copra was a fucking big deal when that shit was like starting off. And like, how did, like, you just do that through like Facebook? Did you get in blog? Like, did you talk to blogs? Like it was like a early sort of, I guess not early, but that was a, it was very, I don't want to undersell. It was where, yeah, yeah, I don't want to undersell how, how, how hot that got The, the point where like the point where DC just had to let you do suicide squad for a little bit. I feel like, yeah, but, but they didn't. So I don't know. About <laughs> right. That. Right. right. <laughs> no, but I, no, but you know what I, I mean? But they I know, had I know to have your mean. name on it. No, I almost point. got that shit in. I almost got it. Yeah. There. And it would have been weird because it's like, I'm kind of already doing it, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to repeat myself. It'd be just weird, but um, it started when I started. It's sorry. It started when I, I, I began self publishing, Zagus, which is my other book, my main book. Yeah. And that just took me forever to do. And then I did uh, like a little Suicide Squad bootleg thing just for fun, just for myself and maybe a a few friends. And that it's not like that took off or anything. That's obviously illicit, you know? So I'm like, I can't do this forever. But I (laughs) I like the idea of like, oh, I could maybe do an action thing, even though that wasn't like my thing quote unquote i mean i grew up with all these comics but it was like oh i'm an indie guy that's all i do i gotta do something that's above the genre and i'm like fuck that i had to get over myself over my shit make an action comic inspired by the suicide squad and i'm like this is going to be my money maker like not not that this is going to be my money maker but this has to pay the rent and how do i do that how do i ensure that every month I make a monthly I, and I'm like, yeah. could I do this? Could I really do this? I don't have the chops to like draw a monthly comic at that speed. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just, I got nothing. You know, I had recently been laid off. I'm like, I either go look for a legit job or I just do this and self publish it with like the last of my funds, you know? And this is what, when you're like 30, uh, I'd say, Late yeah, 20s. like 28, 29, 30. Yeah. Right. Like that, you know? Actually, no. I think I was already like thirty-one. I had oh, yeah. I was trying to think of the timeline. <clears throat> yeah, this was around yeah, twenty twelve, and I had already been self-publishing for a few years. That's why I thought oh twenty-eight, twenty-nine. But no, Coper started when I was like about thirty-one. I think I was maybe already thirty-two, and I was like, this is it. Like, I just got to do my own shit. I don't care who reads it. I know people hate team books. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. care. No one talks about Suicide Squad. No one talks about any of the comics I love, 
really. And I'm just going to do it in my own style. And it was quick. And, you know, the art's really raw. Like, I think technically the Zega stuff that came before is a little tighter and better. Z Copra, the, the, the fundamental philosophy was like, get it the fuck out no matter what. You have an editor. You have a yeah. deadline. People are counting on you. You got to put it out. I had to psych myself out to get it done. And yeah, and it didn't take know, that book has no, it didn't take that book just had oh, sorry, go ahead. no, go ahead. That book take, had what I was gonna say, that book had a lot of energy. Like, you could see it, you could see that it was like, like I said, at the glance, I was like, all right, whatever. But then when I would look at it, like, actually, this shit is like fucking sick, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, it, it was just like in my brain, I compartmentalized, okay, I like this stuff, like, I like these indie comics, but that is not superhero comics, that's a different yeah. thing. And you like melded it in a very like clean way that, you know, once you get past the initial thing of like, wait a minute, this is a superhero action comic, but it looks like like a cool comic. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah it's very because the nothing... pages are very like uh, real, like it feels like real art, mixed media, like you're working yeah. uh, on something that should be part of like the factory process, like the. Yeah the um, what's the word like the assembly line assembly but line, you're yeah. you're doing it all yourself in, in, in a really beautiful way well that's that's a weird mix it's like it is my baby and my art project and i'm very careful about it but i also have to disrespect it a little bit and treat it like uh eh, this is just a job just get it done who gives a shit so it's yeah. like a weird balance and it was kind of fun and and people were buying it not off the bat you know i, I like printed what three four hundred copies and I eventually sold out uh, like a few months later. And then it just kind of built from there. You know, about about what it is, about what Copra is. I personally hate when like people make fun of superheroes. I think that's like, you know, speaking of like making fun of Liefeld earlier in the episode. I really yeah. hate like funny, quote unquote, funny takes on superheroes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That like to me is like the bottom of the barrel horseshit. That to me is like. You don't like Amazing Man? I don't think that's making fun of superheroes. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And that's funny. That's really that funny. No, that's good. Um, no, I mean shit like Strange Tales or Bizarro World or... Oh, interesting. You know, yeah. shit like that, which there's some cool shit like in there. Grand design, grand design kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, you, now you're pivoting. No, I'm not pivoting. I'm not pivoting. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But, <laughs> but what I wanted to do was tell like a straight ahead superhero story. I'm not here to like you know retell like you know everyone's trying to be alan moore everyone's trying to do that first swamp thing where it's like yes. he just he just blew your mind you had no idea and he's deconstructing this shit and it's so sick but it's not it's it gets boring after a while and that's not what i wanted to do i didn't want to thematically tell like the new spin on you know a black ops team of weirdos you know what i mean it's like yeah. i just wanted to tell that story and i think it made it makes it maybe weird for some people just by virtue of the fact that I'm drawing it and my style is so crazy to them, even though to me it's, it's super tame. It's super conservative, you know, maybe not, you know, I might have a few influences for panel designs or colors, or maybe my approach is different and it doesn't look like you said, like the Disney inspired or manga inspired. It's not a typical looking thing. And maybe that's what yeah. sets it apart. And the fact that I'm not being tongue in cheek about like, Aren't superheroes stupid? Ha ha. Here's like a 300 page comic about my stupid superhero. I'm sorry, guys. This very like indie self apologetic, self defacing. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, yeah. don't draw superheroes then. 
draw what you like exactly. be proud of the shit you do like who cares about that? that shit is boring and that shit used to happen all the time in the 90s too right up to like you know probably making fun in response to like the image stuff but still it's like get the fuck over that anyway I love I love Grant Morrison. I love their you know Doom Patrol stuff, but I always cringe at the Doom Patrol like the 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 X. Oh, the Doom the Force, X-Force terrible! Joke. It's Doom terrible. Force. I'm just like I I skip it. Like I don't understand how they could have so much love for the Kirby like the Kirby issue stuff where it's like they're you know it's it's like Hellblazer as a superhero all that stuff, but then they don't understand the 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 Liefeld you know. Oh yeah, Wildcat, that, Cyber that's Force stuff. that's absolutely true. I totally agree with that, and 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 I think it's weird every time someone who bashes Liefeld, but likes Kirby, or likes yeah. Dragon Ball Z, and I'm like, I bet you motherfuckers like Dragon Ball Z, but you're complaining about like <laughs> Captain America's chest, and I'm like, have you looked at Crazy. Fist of the North Star? It's the same thing. He's not doing anything <laughs> so offensive. It's like. You just heard a joke 20 years ago and you think you're a comedian and you're like, uh, chest and feed. (laughs) It's like, shut the fuck up. But I could definitely see how you would be burned out by this point of like, okay, I don't have to like, like the same way you probably don't feel like you have to defend the 1970s, 80s suicide squad. Like you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You've done your, you've done your time. You've, you've put in that work already. Yeah. Dude, at conventions, I would you know, people would come up to my table and I would sell suicide squad to them because they weren't, they were unfamiliar with it. And I'm like, I was just so excited about the book itself that I'm like, but you got to read this. Like, thank you for buying my book, but you also should check this out. Cause it's fucking awesome. Um, in terms of for the, as far as the image thing goes, maybe the reason why I just couldn't really read a comic with you guys today, even though obviously I could talk about it forever. Um, yeah, I got burnt out because it's like, I gotta say in, in this pandemic, shit like it was just weird right like yeah you know i wasn't getting uh i wasn't getting like my my royalties from image because they weren't getting paid by diamond because diamond was shutting down it's like this trickle effect of like non-payment everyone was getting hit hard right yeah and and then and then todd releases a kickstarter for toys you know, for like, and it, and it, I don't know what it did. Maybe it broke the million mark. And I'm just like, a, it felt so a, tone deaf to me. And I was like, oh, that's who you are. That's yeah. The, you, 100%. you aren't like the guy who came from a trailer and worked hard and started penciling and then inking and then writing. And you're just like this, it's, you're just working this creative muscle and who gives a shit what people think you're building an empire. That's no longer romantic to me. You're right. You're, hundred percent. You're no longer a human being to me. I, I basically, I said the same thing. Like I, people go crazy about creator rights. I'm like, I'm fucking for worker rights. I, yes. I don't give a shit about creator yeah. rights. I don't really care about like being, making myself a millionaire. I would rather, I would rather not and be able, like if I, like those guys did, you know, they don't have to, but they don't, you know, they didn't have an idea of like, let's build a system that's going to make it better for, for everybody that comes after right. us. Right. They build a system. Let's make it good for us. And they're still that way. You know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's me and mine. That's it. I got to get mine. Yeah. Um, you know, creatively that's that, that could be disputed with you know, things like you mentioned, like the Simon Roy profit or like yeah. a, a couple other things, but by and large, you're totally right. That's what it is. That's that I system. Mean, yeah. I mean like, you know, we've talked about before, like Rob is almost always right about things um, politically. <laughs> Uh, he's right about the Snyder cut. 
So um, I hear. He's right about he's right about everything. So I just want to you know the observation is a must listen, <laughs> but other. <laughs> Yeah, no. We, like, lo- we love Rob Liefeld. We love Rob Liefeld, and it's funny. One of somebody was like, "I don't understand this bit that you guys are doing, where you're trying to like outdo comics kayfabe for like being the most, like the biggest Rob supporters." And I was like, "Well, I mean, we actually read the comics. That's the difference." But, um, <laughs> but you know, there's 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 room for everyone to love Rob. No, but, but what no, you're saying, your that. point, your 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 broader point is also true in the sense of like the Snyder Cut. I think is is this sort of like reevaluation of something a lot of people considered cringe or considered like not cool for for the longest time and Rob is on point with sort of like <laughs> like uh, saying that, that this is a, an actually like potentially good thing like it, I, I I've been fascinated so, by the 180 that sort of like happened with that as well but yeah no like uh just going back a bit it's funny because I thought about when I was like oh maybe we can talk to you about Suicide Squad I'm like no that would be so fucking lame to be like do hey do you want to talk about Suicide Squad like to you like it just seems like obviously not but I still asked if you wanted to read like a, a, a image comic and I should have thought better about that but you know, I, I think it's, it's better it's to like talk a, it's about... It's a funny thing in my head. I thought, there's no way Suicide Squad. But probably Image, yeah, there's no problem with that. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> At this point... <laughs> I mean, look, it's it, it was... It was... It was a combination of things. It was the Todd Kickstarter. Speaking of observations, yeah. he was going through uh, a segment a couple months after the fact about like going over the Heroes Reborn thing, which was super oh, compelling. I, I loved it. It's like yeah. a four-parter, I think. But he's talking one about... of the things we legitimately want to talk about is fighting American because I I can't get enough Stephen Platt Liefeld. But continue. What was he talking about? Well, he was just going over like you know signing uh, bonuses and all the money that was being thrown around, mm-hmm. and then at the same time like you know Mark Miller and Kirkman were being interviewed uh, you know with at the Kayfabe channel, and I'm I'm checking it out. You know I'm giving it a shot. You know. And the first yeah. thing those motherfuckers talk about is like how much money they make and how much like yeah. they bought this. And that's cool. That's like the culture. But it's yeah. also like, ah, uh, it just wasn't for me. It kind of turned me off. Oh, and I felt dude. a little dumb by like supporting these guys so fucking hard. Uh, but oh. it, because I was coming at it from an artistic creative standpoint, I wasn't stepping totally. back and I was like, oh, within context, I see what this is. And I'm just giving them free promotion (laughs) for this shit. And I'm like, but then I also don't, you know me, I like, I don't want to be just Mr. Like Cobra, Cobra, Zegas, Cobra, you know, like I want to talk about this stuff I like because that just comes naturally to me. And part of that was Youngblood and Savage Dragon and whatever else the fuck I wanted to talk about or 90 styles in general. I was actually like studying that stuff i was like studying like how to how to apply it to my work and you could see it i i know this specific issue when that started creeping in and now it's just falling off because i, I just don't care like that that yeah. that i'm not enamored with that anymore i'm just kind of i see it like oh yeah that's that's nice i don't ever have to look through those comics ever again um maybe i will maybe i'll miss them in a few years or a couple months or maybe in 20 years who knows but right now i just don't care before we talk about style, because I do want to talk about that a little bit, but I just touching on something you said, you had said like, you know, you were listening to Kayfabe and they're talking about like how much money they made. And one of the things that really stuck out to me in our Spawn review 
and their spawn review, one of like the big points of contention, one of the big things that aggravated me that just like sent a fucking thing up my spine was that they were talking about who won in the end between Jim, Rob, and Todd. And and Eddie P, our our guy, says that uh, you know, at the end of the day, Todd made the most money, so he won. And I just thought, no, he didn't. <laughs> like he definitely did it. Like there, like there's a lot of reasons to like Todd that I think are are good. The least of which is the money. Like you said, like the thing that makes me like him the least is the the way he talks about wealth and you know all that kind of shit. Like the naked capitalism yeah. of Todd yeah. is the thing that makes me not like him. The right. things that make me like him is like the romanticism and the like the the insane obsession with detail and like the the crazy storytelling things that he does like the sure. crazy capes and you know all the other shit that's what i like about him well the, the stories the stories being what they are in those first ones are what fascinates me the the other shit is just like a byproduct of that that i hate it's like you know i love i love sneakers i hate the idea of all the pollution that goes yeah. into them right yeah, like yeah. that's why i don't buy them anymore right i think I think loving him for his money, I, I think I could get behind that if you think of it as money as a, as a broad concept and just as a way to get out from beneath something and to allow for freedom of expressing yourself. And in his case, he yeah. just wanted to make Spawn stuff, right? I think I could see how Ed came to that conclusion. Uh, or maybe, you know, I don't know. Uh, you'd have to ask him. Sure, sure. But that's the only way I could wrap my head around why he would win based on money. Because maybe it's by their own standards. Like those guys, that's what they care about. And by those standards, maybe Todd did win because by their own rules of their own game, he made the most yeah. money. So he fucking won. So there are a couple ways to see it. For me, yeah, that's a put off obviously i feel like not acknowledging it though when you're talking about it was what made me cringe yeah like, yeah i could see that not it's not saying like oh yeah he made a lot of money but then not don't get into the weeds at all like not even great they'll talk about all kinds of other shit for a long time they'll talk about how he xerox copies of spawn when he was a kid but they don't talk about the fact that like he made all that money and has never like tried to try to do anything good with it right. <laughs> no but he's, yeah, he's yeah. now uh bringing in uh young creators like Frank Whiteley and and like all all these like top level. Uh, I got to imagine my guy Frank Whiteley's just doing a cover. Yeah, right? he's doing like, like one of, pinup. It'll probably be just of his fucking head. Yeah, yeah he's not he's not drawing <laughs> a maybe issue. like a, a a violator close up or like clown with all the nasty it, details. That would be cool, but like if it spawned with his mask off, that'd be hot. Yeah. Um. But uh. But but the this idea but, of like uh money or total net worth as as a validator is like broad and yeah. and and all encompassing in most of society and and it just for me it just showed that like the the pisker take was just basic um like well for a fr yeah a friend of mine got really pissed off at me cuz i told them that like sales are not an indicator of of quality cuz i said oh that book sucks they said you can't say that book sucks it made it made it sold this many copies. Yeah, that means nothing. I said that. Oh, that means, that means fucking nothing yeah. to me. Like I was like, I I make art because I like to, and like I and you know the same. One of my friends said like you know, 
you're being a hypocrite because you want to get a higher page rate. I'm like, yeah, I want a higher page rate because I'm fucking slow. That doesn't mean that I don't think I deserve money for drawing. I don't, it's not like I, I live in a capitalistic society. I need to pay my, my rent mm -hmm. and you know, I can't pay my rent drawing as slow as I do making as little as I did. So like, there's a, there's a, there's a level of like, okay, well that just makes sense. I need money. So I, you know, I, I'd like to get paid more to do less, Yeah, and but it, that's yeah. not like, <laughs> you know, but it's not like saying that me getting paid more means I'm a, I'm a good artist. It, you know means i'm a slow artist yeah that that's <laughs> that's not even in the argument that's that's ridiculous yeah. the fact that it's sold well has nothing to do with whether it's good or bad it just means it it stuck it hit a nerve with readers somehow you know for whatever yeah reason, and it yeah. could be because of like um market manipulation or it could be like for real buzz or it could be a number of things great marketing it could be just yeah. timing it could be luck it could be hard work it could actually be good uh it wasn't but good. It, but it, it makes <laughs> but it doesn't matter i read it i said it's not good it's not good but anyways no but but no but you're right like there's matter. so many factors that lead to sales that are not quality absolutely know? and and i've always i mean i've always felt that way like you know you can't tell me that to me you know we're talking about which frank miller comics are, are better than the other ones i love dksa or you know like sin city or like the crazier later ones that he draws really really good didn't sell that well because they're deranged right. yeah <laughs> like, yeah i love the way holy terror looks i understand why nobody wanted to buy yes. it absolutely i'm with you 100 percent on that for sure yeah i'd be like yeah i can't express how much i love holy terror even though it's islamophobic and crazy yeah. as fuck i know i know i know <laughs> but it's really really sucks but it's sick. um but this friend that you were talking to was was were they um also a pro or were they just like a friend yeah yeah, yeah, it was, it was a pro and a friend. Yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, guess there's, that's how there's always think, two sides you know? to the to the to the argument in the sense that like when people are criticizing, for example, the original image books, like we do sort of like go into the numbers to see like, uh, well, they were like hits. They were going and, and they yeah. were touching a nerve and like it does become like an indicator in some sense, but it isn't the end all be all that that <laughs> it it like money isn't the end all be all. And I I understand hey. like, Michelle, your your sort of like put offness uh, uh, of this phenomenon because of this um, and in the sense something, of something can be something can be important and not good or good, but not important. Mm -hmm. Totally. Know? Right. That's that's why I say I love those like '90s indie things. I feel like they're very good, but they're like not super important for us to cover. Like I love hate. I, I don't think there's really anything that we need to say about hate. No, I yeah. But maybe I, we do. Maybe we should read Buddy Goes to Seattle in that or like I don't know. But I mean, if we want to have like a like a book club and we just want to talk about like the interesting <laughs> dilemmas of the protagonists, yeah. but that's boring. Look, We're not. As soon as I can find someone that wants to talk about Spain Rodriguez with me, I absolutely will. Right. But it's just, you know, I feel like that's not as important as other things that were like a Kirby book from the same time period. Well, it just depends on what you're interested in. I mean, right now you're yeah. just hot on old image and that's fine. You know, well, that's that you're, you just got to it's got to burn itself through your system sure. like a fever. Right. You just got to go through it. You know? For the show, I'm reading image stuff. Actually, like legit, all I've been reading for myself has been Spain Rodriguez. 
Yeah, those are awesome comics, man. Those yeah, are. I, I mean, the they put out the new Fantagraphics put out the new like the third volume of that one, of that like those big ones that they do. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have all of them, and then I just got the Che biography he did. Oh my god, I I remember buying that. I remember my dad got me that. Um, oh yeah. But he read it and he's like, "It's all lies." <laughs> Where did you? It's dad all from? bullshit. Oh my, my dad's Cuban, yeah, and hard lefty, hard lefty. Oh, for real? Rest in peace. He's a hard, yeah. I grew up in a communist household in Miami, Florida, so that's that's really special, super special, very rare. I there was like another kid every time there was a, like a <laughs> meeting, you know, with uh, like uh, La Brigada de Antonio Maceo, like the fucking super lefty. They had their own magazine and everything. There was like one other kid, like bored out of our skulls. <laughs> but I remember he get, he's like he never really got comics right. So when this Che book came out by Spain, I was like, oh, that's awesome. I didn't know about this. And like, I like Spain. I love Trash Man and shit. Underground comics. But it's funny. But it's funny that my dad was like, he gave it to me, but with a warning, like, oh, yeah, don't believe anything in there. It's all propaganda. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Holy shit. And this is a pro Che book. Yeah. I I can't wait to read it now. Wondering what the what the take was from from your dad. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) You still don't know. You still did he tell you? Did he tell you why it was not? I I forgot. I mean, this happened when the book came out, which right, was like was I don't know, ago. twelve years ago or something. I don't yeah. know. Super fascinated by by what uh, your your dad's opinion on the book was. Yeah, I, I would have loved to have asked him, but uh, <laughs> that opportunity uh, is gone forever. I'm um, sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry it's all to good. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, but um, he was he was an interesting cat. But that's how I was raised with that. See, super yeah, like left bent so yeah like i wasn't raised with the super left bent i mean i was raised uh with a super like poor bent <laughs> so i grew yeah, up thinking yeah. anybody who's rich is my enemy fundamentally <laughs> yes yes <laughs> you yes know what I mean? so yes, exactly. so I, yeah seeing, I see, seeing all this fucking corporate bootlicking is yeah. so disheartening to me i don't get it i'm like you got to fucking throw a bag of shit at these people. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> and everyone just has to sort of like, not everyone, but most people, like the phenomenon on Twitter is just everyone just smiling and being friends and yeah, going yeah, to yeah. like, uh, or uh, registering to be part of like comics for Biden shit. <laughs> oh my God. I know. That it's was all... a crazy thing. <sighs> I, know. I wish the podcast existed <laughs> when we could have talked about comics for biden that would have been hot yeah we we, we should we should have been on that panel everybody on that panel absolutely hated me but <laughs> <laughs> it could have been like comics for biden and against ramon villalobos <laughs> and the panel would have gone exactly the same same guess no listen being raised in miami man in super conservative right where even like the rich cubans and the poor cubans are all like super conservative yeah. that's that's tough and that got dangerous too that got super fucking dangerous yeah, like, at the time. So I'm like, um, I grew up with that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is not fun. So it's like, I get it, man. I get it. But those are gusanos for real. Like, for <laughs> real. Not mm-hmm. gonna, I, I, I apologize because I'm always calling Cubans gusanos and everything. I, but, you know, it is what it is. There's that's a lot why of I bring them it, that are. <laughs> th- listen, that's why I bring it up because I, I know I know you. I know, you saw me making these jokes. I know you. But I, I don't even, you know what? I don't even touch them because, like, listen, I have Cuban friends. Sure. Who had my same upbringing, but like their dad, their dads or something, or a family member or a cousin or something, they were in prison in Cuba. So they're yeah. like, so I get it. So it's kind of tough uh, for yeah, me to yeah. reconcile. Yeah, that they shit. take it real personal, and I, 
like I do have an experience with uh one of my collaborators is also Cuban and oh you don't bring up politics right that's that's my motto but what happened to you yeah once like it was when uh fidel died oh, and boy. and the left yeah. r.i.p to a real one <laughs> yeah the left <laughs> reacted that way and and i uh also uh Ooh. felt a lot of that sort of, sort of like solidarity and uh, uh like gratefulness for what he stood for it's just in terms of anti-imperialism but yeah, yeah. dude took it personally dude like Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, that is that is like bridge burning material for sure. <laughs> like like you don't talk to like family members ever. They're on your permanent shit list for that kind of shit. And I, I, I saw it firsthand, but in the other way. Like my yeah. dad used to get into political arguments with like friends and family and like, oh, all of a sudden they're never showing up at our house again for like festivities. Like they're not hanging out on a Sunday afternoon anymore. Like we just don't talk to that family anymore. I mean, simply because of politics. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely makes sense, especially with that. I mean, that's crazy, but like, you know, it's, 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 I can't imagine what it's like being Cuban with all that stuff. Like there's, there's so much to untangle with just like that identity, especially like growing up in in Miami, Florida, where you just surrounded by those people, like the, the crazy right wing, you know, pro capitalist sort of like, you know the guys who who killed JFK and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that shit. It's just, it's nuts. So, yeah, you know, uh, I couldn't wait to leave Miami. I mean, that's why I, you know, my my plan was to like escape to New York, which is where I thought comics had to be made. So I was like, sure. oh yeah, that's where I'm gonna live. So every movie, every comic that featured New York, I would just romanticize it. I'm like, that's my future home. Oh, I cannot yeah. wait to stop waiting for buses on us one. Cause it's hot as fuck all year round and I'm broke. <laughs> so I got to get out. And I, the way I do that is to draw comics. That's all I wanted to do. And, and that's, it goes back to what I was saying. That's me like making samples, you know, going to conventions, trying to like break in anyhow, because it was a form of escape for me. So it's not just about like breaking into comics. It's just, it's, it's kind of like baked into my entire identity, you know, as a person, not even just as an art, an artist or a cartoonist, a wannabe cartoonist, but as a person, that's why comics are they they just go deep with me, you know. Yeah. And that includes those image comics because that showed yes. me like, oh, you can do your own shit. And this was before I discovered Love and Rockets, where you could really do your own shit. But those images was huge for me too, man. That was yeah. Like, when, it felt like when I first read that, it was like, man, they made a book specifically for me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe it existed, and that you know. It existed before I was even fucking alive. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, it, it's insane. That's that's like my top book, my Desert Island book. Oh, 100%. You know, that, like I will take a bullet for that fucking book. I all day. I told people like, look, Frank Quietly is my favorite artist, period, but th- there's no better comic than Love and Rockets, and to me the greatest like cartoonist is Jaime Hernandez. 100%. Like there's yeah. not even I don't even know what's second, frankly, <laughs> like Right, right, right. I guess Will Eisner. I love Will Eisner too. <laughs> like not Spirit Will Eisner, all the crazy seventy shit where the it's later about stuff, like Jews living in New York and their houses getting burned down and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's him being dramatic and and realistic. A Jew getting cucked and like not knowing how to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Eisner was good for it. Yeah, yeah. The, he he also. Uh, Do you ever read Eisner Miller? I tried, man. I don't. I love I don't that. Know. I don't want to shit on it. What, you love it? I love it because I mean it's basically like a podcast, but it's written down, and you know it's yeah. it's crazy because he's like so old at that point. 
But, you know, he, he said something about, like, you know, he made comics that you can just read on a bus. And I always thought, like, that was part of my, you know, if it looks cool on a bus, you know, for who you are. Like, it's, it is like a, yeah. it's an object that you should hold and, like, it's as much as, like, fashion and, like, an accessory of, like, the thing that you have with you right. as anything else. And, like, right. you know, some comics look better beat up to me. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, that's the other thing, like, collector markets and all that shit. I hate it. And uh, all yeah. of my best comics are completely fucking ruined. And I I would I used to just buy old comics that were, like, intentionally fucked up. Like, not, like, somebody did it. Like, I, I have this one issue of, like, All-Star Squadron. It's, like, one of my favorite comics I own. And it was, like, some little psycho had took, like, a, a like a little cigarette or some <laughs> something. And it's, like, every time, like, Wally Wood drew Power Girl, like, put, like, holes in her nipples. Like, little burn holes. <laughs> and then every time it was Superman's face the entire thing was burned out and his crotch was burned out. And it was like, it, I just look at it and like, he wrote like P on her chest and I don't know what it means. I, but I interact with it. Cause it's like something that was like, it's a real thing. You know what I mean? Whereas like these, some, some people would say that comic is like worth less because there's all these imperfections on it. Mm-hmm. Angus was more. Cause like, it's clearly been loved at some, like by a psycho. But it's clearly been loved at some point. No, it's clearly made you who you are today, so it's important. I get I get you know freaked I mean? out when I see unboxed toys. I got to be clear, I didn't burn the nipples into Power Girl. That was I bought it that way. I thought it was cool because it had that in it. Yeah, no, I I like I didn't mean to say unboxed. When I see like still boxed toys in a collection or that kind of thing, that like it, it's it's unnatural to see like these like sealed plastic comics that no one ever read yeah no totally i i feel like there was a a hot minute a while back where i was kind of i wasn't going to their side at all because i'm i'm in you guys's camps i i need it i need to engage with the thing directly i'm not about collecting and putting on pedestals or putting in a closet but i was just kind of like warming up to the way to the idea of like Oh, people just collect things and that's fine too. I, ha- I was having yeah. to, to live with it and they just engage with it differently. And yeah. sometimes it's like, yeah, why would you want to read these fucking things? Like they're dumb as fuck. Like <laughs> you just, first of all, you just want the first appearance of the Punisher. Why the hell would you want to read it? Put that shit in a slab. But I do think all that shit is like terrible. <laughs> like it puts me off so much. All that, like the collector mentality has doubled down in recent times. And it's like, as if we haven't learned anything from the nineties or anything, it's you all know? peace and love, but it does, it does dry. It literally drives me insane. It, I literally feel like I'm losing my mind over that shit. It's like a collective amnesia of like, a like a whole bunch of people who have just like wiped any lesson people have learned. Like, not even just comics, but I mean just socially, like the way like George Bush got rehabilitated, like that kind of like um, society's just has has no uh, long term memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, especially in comics. I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. Even if even even if we do remember, it's like we're not going to act on that, you know? Yeah. That's why there's like fifty variant covers to like some comics, and that's crazy to me. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Maybe. I'm not an accountant, so maybe that's something that's some corporate like, okay, we have to meet a certain number of ordering and maybe that's how the thing stays afloat. But if that's what it takes, man, sometimes I get real like depressed and I'm just like, let it all burn. Like we don't need that shit, you know, (laughs) let it all go back to being zines and shit. But that's not fair to me. That's that's a cozy 
thing for me to say. What if it's right. someone who's yeah. like trying to survive? Just draw. I just got to draw the latest Batman Beyond. Like, just shut the fuck up. I don't care about exactly anything. I just need to churn this stuff out. And I, I get that too. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I don't. Brandon Graham is a very like. I don't know him, and I, you know, he's been like. There's allegations and all that stuff. Like, I don't, I don't really. I, I used to get so pissed off. I just want to point out because he would constantly go on these tirades about we need to do this and that. I'm like, well, it's very easy for you to say that you can publish whatever you want at image at any time under any circumstances. And now we're seeing literally any circumstances, they'll publish whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm, I need to get America number five done the fill in so that I could pay my bills. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like you're talking about it. Like, you know, so, so like, you know, uh, that's again like it's the difference between creator rights and worker rights like i i think that there's no shame in working for those companies doing what you got to do to to make a living and then you know or use it as a stepping stone or doing whatever you got to do but like there's a there's definitely for a while there was a mentality where like certain creators were like just hey man just do it yourself and it's like yeah i can't do it myself like you already yeah you it's already not that made it you already made uh, like Skybound comics because you were doing Marvel stuff. Like that's not why it, it wasn't. You know, like right, big shout right, out right. Kirkman and everything. But like he didn't he didn't get there because people read his indie comics. They got there because he they read the Marvel stuff and then it filtered into the, reading the image stuff. Right. You know? Well, that's that's a very weird example too because uh, you know it's mostly Walking Dead and you could classify that as indie even though you know yeah, I exactly. don't I don't consider Image Comics to be like a quote unquote independent company in the way i perceive independence to be that's still like yeah, just a exactly. company you know that's not like a diy operation that is just sort of like a place where you kind of people just make their own comics and that's putting it very broadly you know <laughs> um but it, it is not like indie you know what i mean so i i get trying to push that narrative forward and i remember the video like kirkman made like over 15 years when he was like i'm never working for marvel again go independent go independent i like the spirit of that but at the yeah. same time we need guys like jim aparo to draw batman every month yeah you know and now instead of jim aparo it's like a, a sweatshop in brazil with 15 <laughs> ivan Reyes knockoffs you know it's it's oh ivan race is one of the styles that i forgot yeah that's one oh, of the ones that, that you can do yeah i feel yeah. like that that kind of like is uh, sort of like from the Jim Lee branch. Yeah, a little bit. It's it's different though for sure. Um, yeah, I, so I don't uh, I don't know when it when it comes to image. I mean, I mean, you're right. Like Brandon could go ahead and do something. And I remember when I remember those tirades that he would go on. And I just didn't know him that well for me to get into a fight with him or anything. I would yeah. just disagree and just go on my day because I just didn't have the time or the bandwidth to engage with a I would complete just... stranger about that shit. So I'm like, I would All just right, subtweet whatever. about white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And at the same time, Rob Liefeld was putting out his book. He was allowing Brendan and company to do their stuff. And so I'm like, oh, but you have this avenue to do shit. Like that is a position of privilege for sure. And it's one that I've used and I have right now, you know, just being published and trying to, you know, trying to stay afloat as a freelance artist. But it just I can't shit on the assembly line, not only because that's what I grew up loving. You know, all yeah. the comics I love are a result of this sort of like, quote unquote, hack system. But and, you know, I also love the art stuff, you know, the the Hernandez brother stuff. And that's, I think, why what Copra is made up of. Yeah. You know, that's why 
I could say like, oh, I, you know, I'm I'm not at the mercy of the industry. I could just put it out myself, and it could still be like an action comic. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to like be a quote unquote indie comic, which is what I tried to do. Also, listen, I tried playing by the by the rules of every game. It's like you want indie (laughs) shit. I'll I'll do Zegas. Like Zegas to me was like I'm gonna do everything I can to like reinvent the wheel on every page and be like blah blah blah. You know, trying to hit all those marks while still being true to myself. And it didn't go anywhere. I couldn't get arrested, right? It took me doing like, you know, like Suicide Squad fan fiction if you want to, you know, denigrate that. But it took <laughs> that. It took that for me to get a career. You yeah. know what I mean? And I tried getting mainstream work. I tried like doing s- submissions and like talking to editors and doing bullshit ink jobs that paid dick. You know, like I tried all that. I tried everything and it just wasn't working. So it's funny that the thing that worked was the thing that shouldn't have been done that I shouldn't have done, you know, self-publish an action comic. It's like stay in your lane. Like you can't draw. (laughs) And I'm like, like, that's what I was saying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I was like, fuck that. (laughs) Fuck Ramon. I'm going to do my shit. And, yeah, well, and, I mean, and, like, and it paid off, and that's the thing, and it goes back yeah. to styles, like it's all looped into the same thing, right? It's it goes 100%. back to styles because it's like, and I get it, like if someone is is speaking the language of superhero comics and mainstream comics, you already have like, you kind of have to know the fundamentals of say anatomy and perspective, right? Definitely yeah. anatomy, and so realism is is commodified. And that's a, a, it has a lot of value. And so there are certain rules and people, you have to study for that. You have to work hard. You have to like define that. And then you have someone like Michael DeForge, who's great, by the way, I, I love him, but who's coming in and he's like, fuck all those rules. I'm just going to draw these wonky shapes and they're going to be beautiful and people are going to flip out. So fuck you. But then you have like the Ivan Reyes, who's like, you know, he's working within a specific language. Yeah. So I could see how both camps don't really regard themselves well or each other well, but I'm here to say, fuck all that. Like you're both right and you're both wrong. Like it <laughs> could all work. It could well, all work. That's why I was saying, work. that's why I, it meant so much that you like my art. I, first of all, I didn't even know you knew who I was when I met you, but I, I remember thinking like, oh, I can't believe it. Like, cause I felt like I'm a corporate comics guy. Like I'm all I've ever done is monthlies except for like one indie thing that people saw. Like, you know, locally I did little lash cans all the time, but nobody saw those things. They don't count. I didn't even, right. I didn't even want people to see them cause they were, I didn't know how, I didn't know how bad I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I pulled up your chart. I pulled up cartoony, realistic, messy, clean. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, my graph. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Your graph. Yeah. This made the rounds a bit, uh, uh, on, on Twitter. Like I feel like recently. One of the funniest things was like people placing themselves on it. Yeah, everyone <laughs> wants to make a post about themselves. That is the, that I mean, is look, the, the I wondered, deep truth. I wondered, well, where am I on this? But it's not for me to say. You know, I don't know. I don't fucking no, know. No, well, that, well, that's it, the it, thing. It, it, it ends is up for you to say. Masturbatory to to like get into classifying one's own work because I I agree completely with Michelle in the sense that like. Uh, I, I I accepted a long time ago that uh, I wasn't the style or like my work wasn't the style of these like Jim Lee or, or like the Sam Nees. I wasn't going to be able to like capture that and that I had to make 
a, a, a voice of my own there. So right. it's, it's still having having this sort of like index that you created is is fascinating. I was going to say, it's funny he says that because I do think that his style could be like, I, I do think that the companies could publish it and I do think it's good and everything. But, you know, he has that insane insecurity that I had, which is like, until I got hired, I thought there's no way they want me to do that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe now. at the time but, but like, was, was ugly. Yeah, yeah. When you were younger, sure. But yeah. like, I, the stuff I see you do now is totally different. Or like not totally different, but it's it's more sophisticated and it is like the stuff it's it's on par with stuff I see them publish. It's just you know, I think you feel like you're not gonna do that. Yeah, but. I guess more what I was saying was around twenty twelve I I made a pivot off of trying to draw superheroes like I saw them in the comics and I even stopped drawing superheroes, period. I just went full like strange sci fi concept art painting work on my own because mm-hmm. I I was completely burnt out by the like the crossover bullshit, but like I don't I don't want right. to like digress too far into like uh, my own like my own uh, conversation on style. I want I want to hear like more about the chart. Well, the the weird thing is that recently I did a podcast with Alana. You know Alana from Graphic Policy. Hell yeah! Oh, of course, she's shout out to Alana. She's the reason. Yeah, big shout to Alana. She's the greatest. Yeah, she's great. She brought up, um, you know, the graph. We talked about it briefly. It was cool. And then when it was posted online, uh, one of my what, something I said was was put up, and it was it was not that it was out of context, but my intent was different. And it was like I was quoted as saying, um, you know, don't read just comics. Read, go to a museum. Oh, read no. a fashion magazine. You know, read a fashion magazine. Watch mm-hmm. a documentary, and. You know, people were liking it and they were fine. And I, I get why that message uh, it took might have stuck with some people. No, no, people liked it. But, you know, they, they just liked the way they liked things. Whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know if they were really taking it to heart whatever. But that, to me, isolated, sounded so condescending. And I just cringed so bad because <laughs> I would never tell that to anybody who yeah. I was talking about. And I should yeah. have been more clear in the interview what I was talking about was those like the mainstream professional meatheads who look yes. down upon all that shit and they just for whatever reason and we're not talking about the practical blue collar aspect of it anymore we're now talking about art right we're yeah. talking about like the aesthetic quality of this stuff my thing what i would tell them and i've had arguments with these kind of people it's just like just look at other shit man like that's you know yeah. what i mean that's all i'm saying i would never in a million years tell that in general to like all artists because that's so fucking condescending and rude like yeah fuck you if i want to read only comics that's what i'll fucking read who am i to say like to suggest anything like well, i'm not like that that's not my voice so i just wanted to clarify that here when i got into comics like i felt like the reason why i did become successful despite not being that good at drawing like i said like i didn't think i could do it i i was just like in it for the love for the love of the game just doing fan art just you know never thinking i i thought at at a certain point i was gonna have to get a job at a grocery store and then just like give it up and just do that for fun right or somewhere like some place some right i for for some reason it was always a grocery store to me yeah <laughs> i felt like i was bound for a produce aisle shout out to the oh, produce dude. men of america yeah dude i worked but, at win dixie Publix, uh earth origins shout out I to just, gainesville florida I've I just knew all. that was where I was going, right? 
But the one thing that I had an advantage over other people was I, I was like, okay, I didn't grow up reading comics. Like I said, I grew up liking metal. I grew up liking wrestling. I grew up liking mortal Kombat, like different things that influenced my aesthetic that makes me unique to, uh, to, to what I do. Right. Like at first I was so insecure that I'm like, I better draw every costume exactly right. Cause I'm not from this world. And then once I realized, Oh, everybody in this world, they've only ever looked at this stuff. So at the, at the point it's like backwash culture. It's yeah. just inbred. There's right. nothing new. There's nothing interesting. That's why I go to the comic shop and I'm just like fucking bored out of my head. Um, because most people are not influenced by things that are not comic books at this point. If you're in comic books and I mean like every fucking buddy, like yeah. it doesn't matter what end of the fucking spectrum of like in comic books you are from like the YA people to like the essential sequential, like old Facebook dad guys, mm-hmm. like shout out major <laughs> love to both of those people. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> but, but either, either way it's going to be about comic books, like just superheroes and they're all watching the same fucking, you know, CIA propaganda Marvel movies, and they're being influenced by that. And the the highest level of like aspiration you can get is making stuff that is reflected on screen. And I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. I know, same. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I, I cannot. Yeah, I, I can't care about that stuff. I got into it, and I was like, okay, I like I like shoes. I like these cool boots that I like. You know, I suddenly got into shoes weirdly. Cause I grew up not giving a fuck cause I, cause I had to walk everywhere. I would put holes in my shoes all the time. So I'm like, why am I going to spend money on shoes? Right. But like I got into that stuff. I got into like wrestling. I got into the different things to influence my aesthetic that are not just comics. And it could be like, it could be anything. It could be movies. It could be that are not comic movies, you know, right? like there's, there's the world is a huge place. So to only read like Captain America comics and think like, yeah, this is it. Or like only read like Alex Toth and David Mazzucchelli and think I'm going to build my entire style off of this kind of shit. It just, to me, doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. Right. Or to like, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Like also when I was younger, like I bounced around where I tried to do like, I look at your chart. I tried to draw like half of these motherfuckers. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm still trying to draw like half of them. But, like, you know, I really wanted to draw, like, uh, Cliff Chang was my fucking guy. I thought he was the shit. I wanted to draw, like, Cliff Chang. I remember I, like, messaged on his message, on his uh, on his f- his forum or message board or something. I asked him what he inked with, and he said, like, a, a, a brush pen. So I, like, had to go out and buy a brush pen the next day so I could try to ink like him. You know, like, it was, I drew so many different ways. And it's like the, the fact that I look at artists and I could see like they started doing one thing and they continued doing that one thing. It's like, how, how do you, like, how do you grow at that? Like, you're just going to be very competent at this one specific style, but like no energy, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like this difference between, for example, um, Michelle, your work where you're, you, you're obviously incredibly inspired by Suicide Squad, but what what you put down in in Copra looks nothing like Suicide right, Squad. Yeah. You're you're applying so much other reference, so much so much uh, style and boldness in in into those pages that there is no risk of confusing one thing for another. Whereas, like when you see comics that have have that have been drawn by people who like solely 
uh, read comics, like you can tell, like like if you see a dude and they're just wearing like a backwards baseball cap, <laughs> like this this person has like no reference for fashion other than what they were reading in '90s comics. Right. I love how much like women's fashion in like comics it can be so bad. It could just be like women in like jeans and a t-shirt, like that's like, but like always the same thing. Like it's always the same like proportions of it and it just looks so fucking weird. Like if a woman like right now Burton. has the has sort of like the Michael Turner like low cut jeans. <laughs> yeah, it's weird as hell. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but it's hot though. Come on. Yeah, for, absolutely. When Michael Turner did it, it was hot though to be fair. Like at that time it was Paris Hilton, it was all that shit, but at at a certain point like styles have changed. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, Michael Turner was great. So he's cool. I'm not shitting on that at all. But I I know you. I'm in no way shitting on Michael Turner. I'm I'm talking about like the people who still draw like that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Michael Turner was like it was like Sylvester mixed with like you know Paris Hilton, which I thought was an (laughs) ultimate aesthetic high. At that point, for sure. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I still I still keep uh, Batman Superman on my desk. Oh, what? Twenty (laughs) six issue twenty six. I, I don't know which one it is. It's like in pieces. I, it like ripped and I just have not, not gotten rid oh, of it. Oh, no. He did the cover for that. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. I, I think I have it. I have it right here. Well, I just... Look at that. You just reached out and it, there it was. It is. Yeah. What, what number is this? I don't know because like I said, it's all in pieces. I can't even find the cover of it. <laughs> it's half burnt. All right. Come on. Come on. This Anyways, is a it bit. doesn't matter. It doesn't this is matter. A yeah, yeah, yeah. Come it's on. a tangent. We're talking about styles. <laughs> talk about styles styles that we love well that's that's a weird thing when you mentioned that like i wouldn't notice you or something because you weren't indie and because you were a mainstream guy i get that perception like i understand why you would think that because that's the way other motherfuckers think you know yeah. like they look down upon both both sides of the of, of of the of the spectrum of the extreme it's like oh you're not indie enough or you're not mainstream enough yeah you know and that i don't i don't really i don't respond to that I respond to like what I see and what I like. So it's like if if, this, if what I like just happens to be independent, awesome. If it was published, if it's the latest DC book, that's awesome too. Like I don't, you know, I just like what I like. I can't, I can't really explain it like that. But, but I've come across that shit, especially when it, when it comes to like that graph where it's like, first of all, yeah, it's totally hilarious that people are trying to put themselves on it, which is cool. Like I said, it's supposed to do that. It's supposed yeah. to be a conversation starter, so we could. Uh, demystify this stuff right at least for me that's why i did it for myself that's why i put the artists that i like you know um it wasn't i would i didn't put my peers or new people or anyone like that i just stuck to the people i grew up with um but the thing the big mistake that people made and of course i should have seen this coming and it still bugs me is that they made it as a top to bottom list, like a best of <laughs> like, Oh, the name yeah, is literally yeah. written on top of so-and-so. So oh, that no. person's yeah. not better. That's I'm hilarious. like, Oh, you're missing the point. Yeah. No understanding of a compass. Right. But not only that, it wasn't a fan. These are like other artists too. So it's like, I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. And it's, if I didn't list you, it doesn't mean I don't like you. It just means I didn't grow up with you. And even then like, I missed wow, out on tons saying... of people. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't list a bunch of people that I like that I just forgot because I just batted that shit out and I just put it up because I'm a list maker. I'm obsessive and <laughs> I just have to do that for my own edification. And then now it was like, oh, this is a, a best of list. And it's like, no, the fuck it's not, you know. And even then, it's not that complete. If I think about it, you know, the graph for anyone who's unfamiliar with the graph, it's a it's a spectrum of like 
um, from messy to neat, right? And from realistic yeah. to cartoony, right? And then so it depends on where you fall on that's or what you think your style is that's where you are you know but i didn't take into consideration detail and simple mm-hmm. right yeah and that's a big one and then another Huge. big one is like manga right because yeah. it's like where does something like akira fall because it's all cartoon faces but super realistic bodies and super realistic backdrops and yet it's not photorealistic right yeah like like mm-hmm. if i see Kaneda flying with a fucking laser gun i don't see the artist making his wife pose with a fucking broom <laughs> you know like i don't see that those guys just knew how to fucking draw you know those yeah. like a real old school drawing the way like garcia lopez or jorge zafino like those guys could draw they're realistic but they could draw circles around everybody that doesn't make them better than anyone you know that doesn't make them better than sam keith sam keith went for a different thing you know yeah yeah i think and the... so i don't know i like all of that shit. i like all of it where am i i don't know maybe somewhere in the middle because that's just sort of what these I'm are all like. your your references or like uh, exactly. your influences so you yeah you would land somewhere in the middle right exactly exactly um, i i think the the what what people slip up with like once they see these graphs and start to like try to categorize themselves or other artists is that like you're using this graph as something descriptive and not prescriptive like like you're not you're not saying that these are the categories and that like you're not making a scientific study of right it's not it's not set in stone exactly um and 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 people immediately take it as that right yeah and that's the thing i could change my mind in two seconds like i may reconsider something it's like where would calvin and hobbs be the trash no man (laughs) no man this this is not uh uh there's there's that thing there's that thing i love about ramon (laughs) just hate hate haterade every day slaughtering the sacred cows not giving a fuck. Calvin and Hobbes is for like kids to get to the library because you know their parents pack them like a peanut butter sandwich and they want to learn about friendship. Who gives a fuck? It's soft. <laughs> no, you're talking no, about Foxtrot, no. man. You're talking about fucking Garfield and Foxtrot. Come on. I, well, I love Garfield. How dare uh, again, you want? with with the counterculture, <laughs> with the counterculture edgy opinion, you're gonna bring back Garfield, dude. Ta- Jim Davis, fucking hero, legend, <laughs> got here. How can you say? How can you say he's not good? Well, this motherfucker has two movies, mm. cartoon show, mm-hmm. millions of dollars, calendars, <laughs> word of the day. You're totally right. He's, he's my... What does Calvin? What does Calvin and Hobbes have? The peace sticker. The peace sticker is it. That's the cultural high point of Calvin and Hobbes. Bill Watterson was like, "No, I'll I'll stick with the peace sticker." Oh, yeah. you mean the urine sticker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Calvin peeing. I thought you meant peace. You know, it was like yeah, peeing, peeing on, on the anything. Raiders logo because fuck the Raiders. You know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can't beat that though. I want Calvin peeing on Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the same way, just like in a more erotic way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Can that just be the change his grin? That should be someone, the someone get in touch with James Jean. We can make this happen. Get the <laughs> NFT market a buzz. Hell yeah. Uh, your hate runs deep. I love it. <laughs> now you bring in James, poor James Jean, into the shout out to James Jean. James Jean. Holy shit. It's all peace and love. I they're never gonna hear the episode. It's fine. No, yeah, yeah, they're never gonna hear it, and that's why I'm comfortable saying, um, 
Fuck all styles, man. That graph was wow. stupid. That's it's dumb. Who cares about what I think, right? Like wow. everyone's getting I can't believe every, everyone's getting pissed at nothing. Come on. What I what I think is funny too about that is like, you know, it doesn't account for like just who's inking the person. Because, like, where you have Liefeld could dramatically shift between clean and messy just yeah, depending on... that's true. Like, any, all those people. Like, listen, you put Klaus Janssen on anybody, it's going to be messy as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put Al Williamson on John Romita Jr., it's going to be extremely clean. And those and those are just general, like, what they're yeah. known for, you know, because it's like, you know, Jaime could do it all. He could do cartoon. Jaime can do whatever he, he could wants. do. Yeah, exactly. And Chris Ware, I know he's known for, like, that, that clean, cartoony... Uh, you know, very like a uh, cutout, you know, very geometric style, but he's a badass artist. He could draw anything he wanted to. And that's his flex. That's how he flexes. Well, I would put where like in, on the chart, the same place as crumb, but you would never compare those, those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Crumb could also, he could draw, he's got chops. He's got I mean, like he's those traditional chops, but he chooses to draw great. those cart in that cartoon form. You know, yeah. but you could tell he could draw. He ain't faking it. That's that's for real. Um, I don't know. I like this shit. I like talking about this. And it's funny that when I posted it, and it, I, well, I reposted it because I was like thinking about styles, listening to things like uh, the Rob Observation where he goes off and talks about all his image founder friends and their styles. And I'm like, that's the first time someone's described Jim Valentino in this specific way. And I thought it was so interesting that there's no real arena for that kind of discussion, maybe in individual podcast episodes here and there, yeah. but there's no place to go to where people are talking about styles because they're either talking about like whatever book is being promoted that week or about like someone's legendary run or something. No, no one's talking about the <laughs> right. nuts and bolts of like, what is this shit? And I think it's important to talk, not because of like, Oh, for reviewers to mention the art. It's like, that's throwing a dog a bone. Get the fuck out of here with that. Mention it. Don't mention it. it it's a review. It doesn't matter. Get the fuck out of here with that. But yeah. let's talk about the art. Let's talk about our values because that's all it is. Exactly. And that's it, what I'm saying. And it ties into like hating or not hating someone like Rob Liefeld. I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about why you don't like it. Right. Or Eddie P who can't draw. <laughs> there you go again twisting my shit well, that, that's no i didn't twist it you said it i'm like <laughs> yes you said it look well clip well, this it, daniel it, when it, you it, clip him clip the thing earlier where he said comic people are dumb if they don't go to a museum yeah drop and then it clip the drop part it. you Sound said that it. you said that and then you also said eddie piscor can't draw yeah and that, that would be <laughs> i would well no i would never call him eddie first of all <laughs> I don't mean to disrespect him that fucking Eddie much. Eddie P from Pittsburgh. Holy shit. Where's he from? Ed Piss? Is he not from Pittsburgh? That's not nice. Look. <laughs> no, I'm not. Look, oh, it's, listen, peace and love. Jim Rugg, we love Jim Rugg. I would never disrespect Jim Rugg. It's all Jim piss Rugg. and love. It's peace. It's piss core and love core. Wait, tell, where did this come from? Will you tell me? I don't think I know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think what? I know the origin. Like, Ed what, Piss what? Core blocked me for no reason. He blocked you. That's where it started. Well, here's what happened. <laughs> yeah, it was very petty grievance. Jesus Christ, <laughs> no, man. No, he was getting criticism. He was getting criticism because during like the George Floyd protests and BLM, people yeah. were like, hey, maybe you should say something with your platform, with comic, with comics kayfabe. And it was zip shut, said nothing, was deadly quiet. And then people were like, hey, it's kind of weird that you would profit off of black culture for all this time. Mm -hmm. And then not speak up now when, you know, it might be helpful for somebody of your 
of your position, your privilege or whatever. And then eventually they put out like a thing. I think they put out some little fundraiser or whatever, but I mean, part of it was like that. And then also I just don't like his comics. Right. Um, and so, you know, I don't, <laughs> it's all peace and love, no, it, you know? I'm, and look, that's a valid, those are all both valid criticisms. The first thing is valid. The second thing is in <laughs> like my, the, the, my personal taste for his art is, it means nothing. But the, the first thing was his, his handling of criticisms of like the beginning of hip hop tree, uh, hip hop family tree is like from the N words that were down from day one. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a little, it's a little fucking cringe. And people have brought it up, and like as a white guy, him talking about a black culture profiting off of it. Right. You look at you look at the inner you look at sales for that original art, and it's like, you know it's on art. It's like on fine art selling. You know, like what is it like? Right. Not heritage auction. Like the fucking where do rich people buy art from? Uh, I think it's heritage. Oh, maybe no. I think heritage is just uh, maybe comics. I know what you mean. I, I forget the name. Where, I don't know because I never go to that Adam site. Sandler, where Adam Sandler so tried to sell the gem, <laughs> in the, where he tried to sell his uncut gem. That's where Eddie P's art is. Uh, I'm trying so to like, I mean, the I, point is, I mean, I know it's what you different. Mean. I know it's what... it's upper echelon. It's it's a different level, and it's you know he talked about on his podcast like he would intentionally like race bait. Uh, the guy from Run DMC, right, like give right. him googly eyes and like fucked up teeth and all this crazy shit because mm-hmm. he wanted to get his attention. Well, Ed, this, this <laughs> is that attention. What's up? <laughs> well, it worked. <laughs> How's it going? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like part of it is that. Part of it is we just don't care. Like, who whose toes are we stepping on? Ed Piscors. I'm not afraid of him. He just dresses like he's from the streets. He ain't right, from right. shit. You know. <laughs> well, you you've certainly mounted a case. That's that's a that's a strong. I'm from case. Stockton, California. I got 209 tattooed on my arm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's different. I feel like after that, it's just open season to be petty. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, you don't got to be scared of anybody. Like, fuck that. Like, who's scared I, of who? Like, like fuck, in the you comics industry, about, is there no. anybody other than like well, not, I don't know, Dan Panosian? I listen. Scary? There are people I'm not legit scared of. But it's not even that. Like, it's not. It's not in comics. No, but it's not like being scared of like other people or like corporations. It's like, fuck that. Like, yeah, no one should be shut down. You, you know, you should always express that shit. Um, the, I'm just surprised by it because I totally thought you guys were friends, you know, totally. And you know why? Because it was heroes con because at heroes, I sort of have this convention, this automatic convention paddling around with Eddie. Yeah, I was no, no, no. Well, (laughs) I just, I just assume everybody's friends at conventions. That's all. And so like, you know, I, you know, I, maybe I saw you in the same room together. I don't know, but I just assumed that, you know, I saw sure. just everyone sort of hangs out with one another at these kind of small shows, you know, and that's sort of like the beautiful thing about those things. You get to catch up with people. And I just thought I saw you and him talk. Maybe not. I just kind of assumed, Oh, we're all indie dudes. We're you all may just... have saw me worshiping Jim rug. I was there. So I love you, Jim. Maybe, maybe. I mean, all <laughs> I that, do think that guy's a legend. He's a genius. I mean, yeah, look, it's... all that, all that shit you brought up. That's that's those are legit criticisms. And uh, yeah. you know the way Ed, uh, I don't know how he should respond to that or whatever. That's on him, you know. So if you he wants to, to block you or mute motherfuckers, yeah, like absolutely, he has to do that. I think, and he's probably yeah. he probably just did that automatically because I don't think he follows anyone on Twitter anyway. So he just saw something like yeah. talking shit about me, even. For a second, just block, block, nothing personal, just block, yeah. block, block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But I mean, no, I'll, that's the thing. That, that's all like, legit I, criticisms. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's absolutely fair for anybody to block me and I encourage more people to do it. Um, that's not a, that's not the, that's not the, but that was the starting point. Yeah. 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 Part yeah. of it is it's funny to, to mess, to mess with, with them because I feel like it, they, he just seems uptight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. People, There's an air I mean, about him that, I mean, he might not be, he might be totally cool, but it, you know, there's something about people what, who like tense up with a joke that makes it more fun. Yeah, yeah. Or you could be yeah. you could be like super defensive. And you know, personally I like him. I like his work. I don't you know sure. I, I could see why those issues should be brought up and they should. Like face to face and just be like porn stuff. What's that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you could like the person or or like the work or not, you know. It's just um I again I thought everyone was like in it. You know, I thought everyone was like <laughs> fucking friends. So I'm just cheek. like, what the no. fuck? No, I've listened. The Gutter Boys, uh, you know those guys? I do. Uh, Cam, Cam and J- JB. Legit beef with that guy. I mean, hate more those. so than us. Hate those two. They legit. I mean, we hate them. We hate them. They hate Jim. Jim hates both of us. Or not Jim. Jim, I'm sure, loves both of us. Um, <laughs> Jim, uh, Ed probably hates us for sure. I I can't keep up. I had no idea. Like holy shit! It's, it's very Christ. it's very tangled. We are friends with the Gutter Boys. Yeah. That's different. Yeah, no, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> they were on the show. Gutter Boys are homies for life. Nah, nah. Like it's uh, it's funny though, just because like there's a very small circle of like podcasts that I care about that mm-hmm. are not called like Geek Central Dot Wave or whatever the fuck. Like there's there's a. So like you know, on some level, I really respect that podcast because of Jim Rugg. Right. Um, no matter what, I'll still watch this stuff because I'm curious what he has to say. Yeah, like right. especially like pertaining to the the conversation uh, that Michelle has been like having about style. I feel like Jim Rugg is is a master. A, yes, mm-hmm. a, 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 an incredible resource in terms of how far you can. Uh, flex or how 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 much you can explore those things i just have like no idea what like why he has like these basic conversations about well you know what you know yeah i that's the thing is like sometimes he'll talk about things and i'm just like man you have to be thinking about this deeper but also like the the other thing is like you know how you know how like if 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 you're watching like uh do you watch sports at all? Uh, me sometimes. I so mean, like, not a if, lot, but if like, I'm watching football, yeah. So like, if you're watching, like, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? That that quarterback who's a joke. Um, who was like, <laughs> like when they become analysts and they start critiquing, like you know, Tom Brady, who's like you know, unstoppable. Oh, it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Like it's like, come on, man, what are you talking about? Like you don't know how to read a defense at all, right? Like. Like, or like, like a shooter who was like, not good. Like if Shaq said like, Oh, I, I don't like how Steph Curry is shooting free throws. There's something about me where I'm like, bro, Shaq, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> like when, when Ed Piscor starts joking about how he doesn't think Silvestri is a good artist. I'm like, excuse me. Right. 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, how can you say that? That's crazy. Or like, I remember the the first one that they did after we did it was All Star Batman and Robin. He just goes in on Jim Lee. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> like, I think I, Jim I Lee. think I saw I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he just gets angry at fucking Jim Lee for designing a page or something like that. Yeah, I, f- I forget. I forget. Look, I don't know about Jim, but I know Ed. The way 
I know Ed was that he's, you know, he's like a working class dude. And he came up and made it, you know, making zines himself. He went to the Joe Kubert school. He was like, it's almost like that struggle is like almost identical. We took different paths, but the, the steps to get there took so fucking long. And so he's yeah. put in the work. He's drawn tons of pages. He's, you know, the fact that he did a, a book on hip hop that could have tanked, but it hit. Right. And so he's putting in the work, making that shit exist. And it's something he yeah. likes. It's not like he's talking about like metal or, or jazz or something. He's <laughs> sure, talking about sure. something that he cares about. And that's the same thing he did with X-Men. You might not like those X-Men comics, but he fucking no, does. He, I, I mean, I barely call them comics. Yeah. And again, that's a creative <laughs> criticism. That's totally fucking valid. But but it hit it fucking hit you know he's yeah, like paying no, he's he's paying the bill no, with you're that right. he's it's helping sold. his it's family good. so on that you're level right. you're right it's it's sold it's great no yeah <laughs> on that level I get it I, I see why I see why it's like so you know you see the original art and it's like oh fuck that's also super fucking valid that might be outside of his control but I get it all that shit's tricky it's tricky you know it's, it's it is tricky and you know what like I said it's all peace and love there's no disrespect. No, no hurt intended. No harm intended. We're just having fun. It's all comics we're family. Just talking, we're just talking to Michel Fife, one of the all-time great not cartoonists fun. of his era. This is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is miserable. <laughs> miserable beef. <laughs> That's it. I'm blocking you right now. Holy shit. Hold on. Let me see. I mean, I encourage you. Let me see. I... At least mute me. That way I stop losing so many. No, you know, the thing is, at least look, at least you're talking about this shit, right? Because, you know, most of the shit gets swept under the rug. Like, you know, like, like you said, like Twitter's full of like politeness, you know, it's all industry plus politeness. And there should be a little room for this sort of like critical thinking. So I don't know. Yeah. Or, you know, like back in the day, like, it's funny that like how many people like brace at this, like, Oh, they would have never done that. No, they ab- like back in the day, these motherfuckers absolutely did talk shit to each other. It was just in zines and the shit came out. Like <laughs> fanzines came out every like few months and it would be like, Oh, you know, what, whatever the fuck comics journal collector or whatever the fuck yeah, it would yeah. be like Jim Kirby, uh, Jack Kirby called, you know, fucking Jim Valentino an idiot or whatever. Yeah, I keep, I keep calling back to like this sort of like this Peter David, Todd McFarlane debate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh it was like like uh it was at a Comic-Con. Todd McFarlane did the whole debate like shirtless. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that is the I, spirit I fucking... of comics I want to bring back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I hated that. When I saw a video clip of it like a few years ago, I'm like Peter David is so fucking condescending. Like, come obnoxious. on, man. Like he made he made <laughs> Todd sound way more right every time he tried to like do some kind of like intellectual barb. That's the thing. It's like you're punching down, even though you think you're punching up because the dude is rich and successful. You're actually kind of bullying him, and it was uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. hated it. I hated it. This is why I could never talk to you know Eddie P. Is that everybody say, "Oh, you're just too intellectual for him"? <laughs> <laughs> like you're just, you're just abusing a child. <laughs> nah, nah. It's all love. Shout out to Ed Piscor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh No, listen, th- that fucking this... listen, that snobbiness is like not like it's so like I still hate it. And that's why something like that graph I'm talking about, it's like it almost exposes some people. Like it's just it's like all those okay. It's like all those repped dudes, you know, that like mm-hmm, all those sure. guys are hyper fucking illustrative dudes. 
and you know that they look down on shit like that's like a little looser in indie and i and it's just like ah uh, i just hate the, like how do you fight that how do you how do you change their minds you know like do, should we even like you know and that's why something like talking about this stuff what you is do important is, because it's just step you know it's a little by little what you, know? what you do is yeah. you buy a couple of brewskis you call the you boys buy a up. Guy of brewskis. Yeah. You, you go. You watch a football mm-hmm. game. You know, eat some peanuts. What if? What if you're something. straight edge? What if you don't drink brewskis? Then you're completely out of luck with that. With that group. Yeah, you're out. You're I, that's why they don't. That's why a lot of those guys they have a begrudging respect for me because I am a true illustrator. I am old school. I would never. I don't even know what a Wacom tablet is. <laughs> um, that. You know what I mean? So they have yeah. to love me because I am the spirit of comics. But yeah, I don't drink. Yeah, that's, so it's, I'm the same. That's why I connect with them more out of like alcoholism. And right. Yeah. yeah. I, I get to. Oh, have yeah. That the, the convention bar. That's where it's at. I can't wait to talk to a fucking anchor on whatever you... the fuck book <laughs> fucking and have him have him talk down to me. <laughs> I can't fucking uh, wait. You, uh, that's when real. You go to cons. Do you hang out at the bars? Is that a thing that you don't do? Um, no, that's a thing I've done. It's not my favorite thing. It's like a yeah. nightmare. You know, I'd rather just go up to my room <laughs> and just watch bad television or catch up on work or whatever. But yeah, that's what I always do. I got. I got to say, going to those conventions though, that could be fun if you like find your friends and you could hang out with your friends that you you know you don't yeah. normally yeah, see. Situation. But outside of that, yeah, like outside of that, I don't. Like that bar is just obnoxious, man. And anyway, it's like crazy. if you're gonna ask this, like who's the person to ask this to? Like your competition <laughs> or the potential editor who's only hiring his friends anyway. So then you're gonna start kissing up to the editor. Like get the fuck out of here. I hate all that. Or even better, like kissing up to like the old creator who you like a lot, but they don't give a fuck who you are. Like they never oh will. God. You know. What do you have any stories like that where like you met someone? Because you clearly have a lot of like guys that you love. Is there anybody that you met when they were just like it like crushed you? Uh, I can't think of any. Um, you know, because I've worked with a couple. Of, you know, like Rob's been cool. Eric Larson was yeah. been pretty cool. Um, can I tell you mine? Please, you were just setting so, me up. I yeah, but I want to know. I want to know because I have one that's really good. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> so I don't. I don't know if I talk about this, but uh, so I went to this. This uh, there's a Latino comics fest, and I only did it because the Hernandez brothers are going to be there. Oh man, man. <laughs> man. I like legit. I only went because the Hernandez bros were there, and I was like, hell fucking yeah, I'm going to meet them. These motherfuckers are going to love me. They're going to make me the fucking eighth Hernandez brother or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm like, these motherfuckers are going to think this guy gets it. He loves, yeah. you know, he loves us. We love him. So I go there thinking in my in the back of my head, that's how this is going to play out. Uh-huh. You know? this, this is your version of like my Stan Lee story. Yeah. Well, yeah, except for I was actually going to yeah, you were actually going to meet them. <laughs> so I go to this show. And it, I only have one comic out, my Marvel book, right? Well, so two. My there, I had an indie book that I didn't have with me, and then my my Marvel book that had just come out. What, it was a one shot. No, it was uh, it was called you know What If Age of Ultron number two Iron Man, and it starred the new Fantastic Four, which, you know the the Art Adams. Oh role. yeah, that was yeah, by uh, Joe Keating one. wrote that, right? It was me and Joe Keating. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember it was that. it was super fun. And I, so it was my first, it was like my second comic I ever drew. So I'm, I'm like, I, well, you know, I want to show pros and ask for advice. So I would do that at these cons and all the pros are like, well, you have a Marvel book. What the fuck you need my <laughs> advice for? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
But I'm like, no, but I, but I suck. You know, and I know that. So anyways, no, that's a flex. I, I, that's a flex, by the way. Oh, could it, you give me advice? And you pull out your published work. These guys are like struggling looking, to sell a print to like a nobody. Like it's, it's they're, funny. They're it's dying funny. for that Marvel job. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I'm going at them full of humility. <laughs> you know, that's not what they saw. I guarantee yeah. you. That's yeah. No, I guarantee you. I'll, I got other stories about those guys who got really mad at me that were like the washed up, like nineties guys who, who didn't have work anymore. Oh, those, are, like, those are brutal. Those are brutal. this motherfucker. Like Cause I would go them and I'm like, yeah, I don't even, yeah. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even have sample pages, man. I, this is my, this is my sample yeah. page, this book right here. Yeah. But, um, but so I go to Jaime and well, first I go to Mario and Mario is an absolute sweetheart. <laughs> Me and Mario, we vibed. Uh, uh-huh. Mario might, might, may have loved me and Mario. We, we were fucking on a different level of like, we, we loved each other. Shot big shout out to Mario Hernandez. And I go to Beto and I'm like, you know, I love Beto, but it's, it's not quite the same, right? Like I worship Jaime. I think Beto is a genius though. Yeah. So I tell him as much and you know, he's, Oh, thanks. You know, whatever. He doesn't give a shit. He, he <laughs> signs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love you as much as your brother, but I still think you're a genius. <laughs> He signs, he signs a uh, bumper head, you know, whatever. It's cool. I told him like, you know, thank you. So this comic is so great. Like, it's like a roadmap of like, you know, pre, you know, proto punk music. And I think it's, you know, so it's so good. It's so amazing. Oh, thanks. Whatever. And then, uh, I, I go to Jaime and I'm like, okay, man, like I have, I had the question ready. I, you know, I have love bunglers and I have it open to a page cause I want him to sign that. Uh, but there was a, there was a poster in the background and there are these independent wrestlers that I loved cause I would watch them up. They, they would, they were from LA, but they would travel up to Stockton. So, you know, he has these posters for these indie wrestlers that are like not well known, like the rockness monsters and shit like that. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I noticed in the background of this thing that you have these posters for these wrestlers are like, do you, uh, uh, do you really like indie wrestling? And he just goes, yeah, it's on TV sometimes. <laughs> it, like, it says nothing. Just doesn't even look at me, and I'm like, "Oh, uh, cool. Do you, uh, um, oh, geez, like now I'm flustered because I thought he might say yes and like talk about it a little bit, yeah. and instead he's just like, "Yeah, it's on TV." And uh, I'm like, "Oh, okay." And then uh, I'm like, oh, "You know, like I just want to say, like, you know, this such means so much to me, like, you know, whatever." Like he goes, "Oh, thanks." You know, like like similar to Bethel, like whatever. Like I don't, you know cool thank you but you know you're weird or whatever right and I'm like oh do you mind if i uh do you mind giving me some advice because like you know i really love your storytelling and you know your art and if like if there's anything you could like any insight you can offer me like i have this book that i just did you know it's a marvel book <laughs> but you know um i'm really new you know i'm like i still feel like i have so much to learn is there any like insight you could give me so i you know i showed him it and he looks at it and he goes oh yeah it's kind of like jeff darrow and then he hands me back the book and says nothing. Uh, <laughs> my God. And I'm like, yeah. Anyway, so uh, thank you. And then I just <laughs> Holy shit. So that's the first time. The second time I go to a con and he's there. And I like, at the, I, after the first time, I'm like, okay, like this is a, uh, that, that hurt. I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> but my friend is like, Hey, can you get me a sketch from Jaime? And I'm like, all right. You know, like, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Cause you know, he's, he does those sketches there. So I go and I ask him if he can, you know, do hope, uh, Maggie. 
and he goes, oh yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm doing run right now. Come back in like 20 minutes. Okay. So the show had just started, right? I come back in 20 minutes and he's gone. Like he's, <laughs> he's fucking out of there. And so I'm like, oh, well, I guess he's not, you know, he left for the day. So I go sit at my table and I keep looking back to see if he comes back. Like maybe he was at lunch. I'm there for like four hours and he never shows up. Right. And then the show is dead. It's in Sacramento. Like nobody's there. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going home. <laughs> like, I don't need to be here. So I pack up all my shit to leave. And as I'm walking down the aisle, he and uh, like Beto are walking back to their table. And he just looks at me like fucking liar. He didn't want to sketch. Like, uh, and I'm just like, fuck You should have stopped this. You should have been like, I thought you were gone. So you slighted I, him no, I don't. in his mind? I think he thought, like, because he, he just had the look on his face that I know I've given people when they're like, oh, I'll come back. And then I see them later, mm-hmm. and they didn't come back, you know? So I was like, whatever. Oh, man. Like, so at first... And then I saw him at another con, and then I just didn't even say anything to him. I just I admired him from afar. <laughs> yeah, just keep it like that. Everybody's like, he's so cool. He's so cool. And I'm like, he might be, but every time I feel like I fumble in front of him, and I just feel like an asshole. Well, first, you, you like, boasted your Marvel job, and then you I did not boast my Marvel you, job. And then you ghosted him on a potential commission. That's food on the table. I didn't do either of those first time, things. First no. time Ramon meets him, he, like, puts his nuts on the table. Like, here's my Marvel I didn't book. do... I said, listen, I did a Marvel book, but I don't think it's very good. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's a Marvel book to him. That's already like sub zero. Like that, you're starting at like yeah, shit. You're, you're right. Nothing. But he is cool. I've met him a couple times, and he is cool. But he's very like yeah. direct and short. Like he's just yeah, gonna yeah. give you that. Like he's not gonna go on about the wrestlers. He's gonna give you that fucking like super <laughs> clear. Like yeah, it's super casual and super yeah. direct, and that's it. There's no bones about it. He's not gonna flip out over anything he's just a cool cat totally you're not gonna yeah. get Bank? you're not gonna get hot takes <laughs> no. <laughs> no he might no. you might like i've had a conversation about art with him because we were tabling at close by so i was just like i couldn't help myself i had to fucking geek out and talk to him and shit yeah but uh and he went to he did a signing at bergen street comics which is where i used to work at i used to work at that shop so we had a signing so we've i've been in his orbit you know so i felt comfortable yeah. going to him up to a convention and it was fine. But the thing is, I totally know what you mean. Like, you don't want to be yeah, like, yeah. I had to, I've had to ask myself several times, like, what do I want out of this? Like, do I want him to be like, you're the best thing I've ever seen, like in years, almost, you know, like totally. you're awesome. Could we be friends? Like <sighs> that's, that's never yeah. going to happen. And I had to sort of like surrender to that <laughs> reality for many people, many people. It was a diluted perspective for me to go into that. And I think that, you know. Like, the thing is, when, when people meet me, they're always like, oh, you're much nicer than I thought you would be, you know? So I think maybe that's just my personality in general. It was like, I'm, I'll, like, I'll be much more like, you know, oh, wow, this is great. Oh, this is sick. Oh, fuck, you know? Yeah. And, like, he's just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <totally>. <laughs> Which <laughs> is like, yeah. And, and I've seen him at cons where he's like, I think he's just bored, so he was hanging out with, like, people. Yeah. But even then, I'm like, I don't want to... No, because I'll get flustered and I'll overthink how I interact with people. Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. No, and sometimes, sometimes I gotta tell myself that these guys have been doing this since like the '70s, right? Like, yeah. those are that's like decade upon decade upon decade of going to these kind of shows, meeting the same kind of people, the same kind of compliments. Sometimes they love you, and sometimes they they don't. Sometimes 
they yeah. can't sell a book to save their lives. And sometimes, hey, let's throw a parade. It's a new issue of Love and Rockets. And <laughs> and they don't give a fuck about anything. Like, they don't even like their own peers' work. You know what I mean? Like, I doubt they've got, yeah. like, the thumb on the pulse of the internet comic book culture. Like, they don't give a shit about that. They're already too busy doing their own stuff. Like, they, you have to be, like, a fast, immediate friend who's a neighbor, and they might look at your shit. But that's yeah. the thing; these guys aren't be your. They're not going to be your buddies. They're they're from a. No, they're exactly. cut from a different cloth, man. That's a different generation. That's why I do respect Comic Kayfabe doing these like shoot interviews, whatever the fuck they call them. But I could never do that. Like I don't want to. Like at this point, I don't want to talk to these dudes that are like older, and I feel like you know, like I don't want to talk to Rob Liefeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I'm sure he's sick, but I don't want to like. I don't have, there's, I would rather talk to you Yeah. or people that I kind of know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. It's like, sometimes I don't, I mean, I don't have a podcast or anything, but the way I would express that is by writing either these huge posts or uh, like essays and put them up on the comics journal or my Patreon or whatever. I would just, cause I love, I do genuinely love examining the stuff and talking about these specific people. But then there's like, you know, like take take Walt Simonson for example. I love that guy. I love his style. He's super influential to me. I've loved him since yeah. I was a little ass kid, right? And every time I write about him, I like I don't even want to tell him. I I'm like embarrassed that I wrote that <laughs> because it's like, like you said, it's a total like waxing his car, and that's embarrassing because ultimately, what do I want out of that? You know what I mean? Like it's that's like why am I gonna tag him? Why am I gonna tag snitch him? You know what I mean? That's exactly why I didn't care if, like, Frank Whiteley didn't follow me, and I would have preferred it if he didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's cool that he does, but, like, I'm such a big fan of his that I don't want to, like, I don't want to talk to him. Like, I just I just like his art. Yeah, I mean, they say don't meet your heroes, and that's totally true most of the time. Yeah, you know, but I've met, I've met some of mine and they're they're perfectly wonderful people. They're really fucking nice. So yeah. that's if there was a reason to talk to them, that's different, right? Right, right, and then there's that position of power too. It's like whether they know it or not. It's like you're coming to them beneath them in a weird way. Like you want their services in a weird way. Like, well, you're looking up to them. You know, it's never yeah. a peer to peer thing. That's totally what it is. You know, like I'm not peers with those guys. Those guys are legends. So like, why am I gonna like? It's presumptuous of me to think that we're on the same level, and it's weird for me to like. It's weird for me to want to talk to people who are like looking. Like, I know what that's like for somebody to come up to me like, oh, you're so great. And like, want to like act like that around me. I don't want to talk to people like that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to put people in that position. Totally, totally. So even though you were like a cartoonist, you had something published. I'm sure he just saw it as like, okay, you're, you know, you're just someone in the crowd. That's it. It ain't no thing. It ain't personal. That's the thing. It ain't personal. Exactly. That's why I don't feel, that's why I feel comfortable telling you that. Because I get where he's coming from now. Totally. Yeah. But back Um, then it was heartbreaking. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm when I'm like twenty fucking six or whatever, and I just want to figure out how to get better at this, and like I didn't, I didn't, I did not, I genuinely didn't think, oh, I'm flexing right now. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. I thought, oh god, like this. I I was embarrassed that my second book was a Marvel book. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, this is not cool. Sure, sure. Yeah. In in certain circles, in certain. Circles, I've talked yeah. to indie people about it. Like I'm like, you know, I would, I would. In an ideal world, I would just make comics like Crumb and like Spain Rodriguez. I always feel like I would have thrived in that era of like the 60s in this like this specific place that I live. Exactly who I am, but just doing it back then, I would have thrived, you know? Yeah. 
that doesn't exist anymore. Well, that's the thing so about those to... comics, and especially the Fanographics crew, you know, who, like, I, I get philosophically why they would shit on all that stuff, and I agree to a large portion of that. Um, but I think a lot of those artists, they have the privilege of, like, taking their time to put out an issue of 8-Ball. I'm like, you're kind of yeah. like... I don't, I don't think you're, like, a rich white dude, but Dan Klaus is, like, a white dude who went to college and is you know his family upbringing was pretty solid so i don't think he had to worry about money to the degree where like i don't know man george perez might have had it back in the day or, you know <laughs> yeah. like when he was first starting as like you know uh I, I think he's puerto rican i'm not sure but like yeah like puerto new rican Eureka, from like... the bronx mm-hmm. new rican yeah new rican teenager trying to struggle and he's just trying to break in so he's like rich buckler's assistant and he's trying to get like a five pager in the back of a shitty marvel magazine like that to me that like i relate to that more than like you know f- waiting to find your muse and then i'll put out an issue you know what i mean yeah. so they're, they're Absolutely. we're like looping back to like what we first started talking about but it's like that's that's why i can't shit on this stuff too much because it's like i get it man you just got to survive you just got you got to pay those bills i love i love that story where like especially minorities not only just like broke people but just like you know, Hispanic dudes, black dudes, Asian dudes back in the 70s trying to break into this, this like predominantly white industry. Holy shit. The Filipinos. Holy shit. Well, got, that eventually came gotta in. Got to respect. Yeah. Those Filipino, those Filipino inkers. Oh, beasts. Did, you know beasts. that Tony DeZuniga was like one of my, like, I knew him. He was like a friend of mine. No shit. Did you know he was a, a like a comic artist? Uh, so here's what happened is he lives in, he lived in Stockton for, for a while. Uh, like his wife... And him owned a restaurant here. And he had an art gallery that was next to my comic shop. And so I would go to the comic shop. I knew that it was there, but I never was like, oh, I don't want to like, you know, I don't know what's going on over there. And the guy's like, oh, you should just go meet him. He's cool. So one day I went over there and I look in his, like half of it was filled with paintings that he had imported. And the other half of the room was like his pages that he like kept that he had up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was like a Todd page and like, you know, random shit, <laughs> like stuff that he inked. And I was like staring at it. Like, really close and his wife tina was there and she was like oh um are, do you, you like that stuff and i'm like oh yeah yeah like you know i, I like I, i'm trying to draw comics she's oh come by like every wednesday at you know seven o'clock we have artists come by and you know tony draws with them and you know he gives them advice and stuff oh, man. and i'm like oh i today she's like yeah so i'm like oh shit it's like 6 30 <laughs> so i go home as fast as i can get my shit race back and then I started drawing and, you know, I met some friends that I'm still friends with to this day there. And he would, he would invite people in off the street. Like there was a bar next door and so he would bring people in, draw them. And then, uh, he really liked my art. Like he liked my drawing. So he would, uh, look over my shoulder and like, you know, give me advice. And, uh, eventually he would like, Oh, what are you working on? So I would like pull out like a sketchbook or whatever. And he would like flip it over and like redraw it to show me where I was fucking up. And then, like, this is what you should be doing. Awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Amazing. Man. And then, like, when he got older, he wanted me to ink him. I mean, he when I met him, he was already old. But he wanted me to ink him on, like, a Jonah Hex thing. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not ready to do that, man. I appreciate it. Uh, He's like, no, you're ready. You got us in samples right now. <laughs> and he was like, you know, when I when I eventually got work, I told him about it. He was so hyped. And his, you know, him and his wife. And, you know, I still check in with her, like, at least once a year for the convention out here and everything. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, no, like, it's, uh, he was a great dude. Um, yeah. And he brought over all those Filipino artists that were just, like, 
you know, le- amazing like all those Redondo. guys are killer. They're yeah. killer fucking artists and cartoonists. Um, I think Desiniga was John Buscema's favorite inker from that crew. Oh, really? He was the only one he liked. I think he just hated Alcala. He oh, hated God. Redondo. He hated um, Ernie Chua or yeah. Ernie Chan back then. Uh, but Desiniga, he's like he, that guy's perfect. I love his style. Which is incredible to me because Alcala's, a, they're all, it's so I good. Love like those old Conans are amazing. Alcala draws like Sylvester and shit. It's like so fucking amazing. Yeah, some of my first comics were those little He Man mini comics that came with the toys. And oh, Alcala yeah. drew like some of those. So his style is like part of my DNA in a weird way. It's He's so good. I love, I, we have such love for the Filipino community, except for Cam Del Rosario. He's a, <laughs> a loser and a weirdo and not. Not a, a great representation of the Filipino comic artist community. But can he ink like a motherfucker? But no. he, he's apparently uh, Filipino comics royalty. So we can't oh, talk that's too right. much oh, about no that. We can't talk no too much shit. about it. It's his story to tell. But, uh, but I wanted to talk just like very briefly about growing up Cuban, being Cuban in comics. Because me and Daniel, you know, Mexican, Puerto Rican... Uh, this is like a this is a great Latinx <laughs> podcast. You know, mm-hmm. people are not going to get that because we're not talking about that at all. But I wanted to touch on it a little bit just because I feel like it's not something you put a lot in your work overtly, and it's something that I relate to because, like I said, when I first got in, I didn't want to feel like an outsider. Was, I was wondering like where your mentality with that stuff comes from. I think it's just something like. And, you know, honestly, I don't, I think like we've talked about the Hernandez brothers too much. I don't want to fucking, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a little too much. Like, all right, we get it. You're good. But to be honest, I mean, it was them. Like they've been my template since I discovered them because they treat material, no matter what it is, whether it be sex, race, politics, whatever, music, um, they treat it like an adult. Like they're not talking down to you. They're not writing down to you. They're just kind of like, shh telling stories right they're not leading with that that's just in the background right that's like that's like part of the the that's woven into the story it's not you know it's not the story it's woven into the story and that's how i approach this stuff so when i have an opportunity to make like my own comic book team of superheroes like yeah one girl's gonna be a black cuban you know like i haven't seen that before you know like sure why not but i'm not gonna that's not like what i'm leading with that just happens to be where she came from and i don't think i even talk about that until like issue 15 you know what i mean because like i I just don't care about that i could i like that i i mean to delve into that later but it's i treat all my characters like that you know what i mean so it's not like uh, a talking point outright it's a subtle thing you actually have to read the book and you actually have to remember certain things to get that you know and same thing with like you know other ethnicities gay characters uh lesbian characters all that stuff like i try to introduce it organically if it's part of the story uh but it's not like the flag i'm gonna wave it's not like you know sometimes you get a feeling that that's what someone's going for and that's cool too but that's i'm not comfortable writing in that way you know what i mean yeah as much as i want to make as much as i want to make a bunch of Cuban characters. First of all, that's not that's not really interesting to me anyway. But it's sure. like I would love to do that. But you know, I, I'm just doing it in that way, in the way I, I know, you know, what I'm comfortable with. Well, so that's interesting to to me because you know, like, 
there's a, it's very easy to go down a path where it's just very cloying and like it's it's on its face like it's a Puerto Rican yeah like superhero. how much how much do you want to cash in on your identity and like, <laughs> right uh, it's it's interesting that we're talking about uh, I I guess your your Cuban background Michelle because um I wouldn't have immediately associated your comics or, or your your body of work with uh a, a, a particular like latino identity um and i don't mean that like in any um like there's no judgment to that but uh it that philosophy of sort of like imbuing it subtly versus literally cashing in on on like country flag hero <laughs> yeah right 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 well it's funny you mentioned that because it's like even even as a person like people you know they're they're surprised when i'm cuban and i, I get that because well, i don't know if there's a term for that but i i pass right yeah right like well, I've, you're not I've been, you're I've not been explicitly like, a bootlicker like the rest of these <laughs> right well my thing is like well what am i supposed to you have an exotic last look? name as well like it, it, is, it doesn't necessarily read cuban well am i supposed to have like a guayabera and like yeah. smoke cigars and shit and like yeah, a fucking no. straw hat. Like what am I, what is the look? Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. I pass off as white, but some people have thought I've, I'm Greek or I'm Jewish or a bunch of other things. Like I, I forget or white. And you know what the funny thing is, if you go to the South, they know you're something. Mm-hmm. So I might, I might right. pass as white in Miami or New York or in the West coast. But if you go to the South, they know I'm not white. Yeah, <laughs> they don't know yeah, yeah. what the fuck I am. And listen, I, I don't have like, crazy hair crazy fashion i'm i'm just a regular ass dude and there's it sticks out yeah it just sticks out and you feel it they could sense something it's in their fucking bones man they know it and so i've been aware of that for a while yeah i Um, i i'm definitely white passing until i went to oregon and i was like i'm a i'm still like i'm still latino short like yeah, my height yeah. is like I went I, I visited like family in Minnesota and I would see like these like teenage girls that were like six foot two, like walking high <laughs> above me. And I'm like, what the f-? like I, I was like Mall of America, like these these giant children running around. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not white. Like, I'm not white like that. Yeah, right. right. Well, it's funny, though, because like so I, I agree with you guys, but I grew up in like a very, you know, Mexican American community right like there's a lot of mexicans out here so it's not like nobody's gonna look at me and think oh what's what's this guy you know like i'm pretty pretty fortunate to be to be raised in a in an environment like that where i don't feel like an outsider um if anything they all thought i was too whitewashed <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they all thought this is a this motherfucker is you know a weto <laughs> like yeah you like the, of, you like the x-men cartoon of course, of course not because of my that. skin tone or anything just because Thanks i you know I don't, yeah, things I was into, I don't speak Spanish, um, and because my grandpa didn't want me to have an accent, things like that, you know, and so I went to, but when I went into comics, I'm fucking Pancho Villalobos, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm the most Mexican guy they've ever seen, and, and, you know, uh, at first, I I rejected it, because I'm like, I don't want to be a token thing or whatever but then i also like you said like you do want to draw something that you can relate to and represent yourself with so like i wanted to have mexican characters i wanted to have characters that you know reflected my identity um but it's such a like a it's either you're a hundred percent in or you're a hundred percent out either you draw nothing but white characters or you get 
the the single latino character and and you know in comics it's it's you know to them like latinx is a- anything that isn't white if it's you know they want every fifth word has to be spanglish and then that's latinx culture right it's like super cartoonish ridiculous yeah um it's funny because i um i was snitch tagged on something i had no idea some critic had written that um no one latin had written miles morales or like mm. some other dude was like the first latino and then somebody else had to chime in and be like actually michelle fifa did did write him and he's cuban whatever and that's when i started thinking like oh yeah this shit like matters to some people like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't i don't lead with that again but it's like maybe people should fucking know because yeah i'm yeah, not a white yeah. dude i don't relate to that experience at all and like you ramon uh in miami it was all Cubans. It was Cubans and yeah. Nicaraguans for a long time. Just that. I mean, that was my school, right? Um, there was like two white people in my in my elementary, junior high. Like that was my experience. So it wasn't until I moved to New York where I was like, oh shit, right? Like there's something different. There's a you know I could I yeah. could pass as anything. Holy shit, this is weird. This is life in the city. Uh, and like you said, when it comes to comics, it's like there's barely anybody that I knew. You know what I mean? I mean, especially when we, when, like, when we got in, uh, to it, sort of, I mean, like, you before me, but, like, in 08, representation was not something that people gave a fuck about at all. No. Like, there was a couple comics that were that, but they were, like, written by white dudes, even. Like, Blue Beetle was a big comic about a Mexican-American character, and it was written by, like, John Rogers and fucking Giffen. Keith Giffen, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... And it was cool. Like I didn't even like I didn't even care that that was a thing, but you know, it would have been you know not, as as a Mexican American guy, I'm like I would like to draw that. You know, I would like to, I would like that shit. That shit is cool to me. I remember being really excited when I saw um, uh, Bendis. He was adding, uh, he he was doing like these like next generation of characters like the secret warriors mm-hmm. and one of them was yo-yo and she was actually like puerto rican from puerto rico mm-hmm. which was like different and it was it was like it was dumb and it was simple but like the the <laughs> bit of panels that she showed up where they first present her and she's like next to uh mcdonald's which is actually very um realistic over here like there's a mcdonald's in almost every corner um it i it it mattered it mattered in a way that i wasn't like necessarily like that i it it mattered in a way that i didn't know i needed yeah yeah i didn't know that like that did matter because i just never ran across it i've discovered that there was a cuban character in marvel years later like i was already in my 20s going back issue hunting but steve gerber who i love uh created this one character called poison and she came from uh uh, she was a marielita she came in the boats she was a refugee and i think she's been used like twice in like Mm. two decades three decades and i'm like oh so that's the cuban representation in the marvel (laughs) universe okay cool like i don't really care but man i wish it could have been something a little cooler you know but but what are you gonna do you know right, like I, groot who is puerto rican groot is puerto rican yo soy groot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it like 
I guess it's a little bit late just to like be having this like uh, like Latino Latinx conversation, but uh, at some point we do have to have a whole episode about what it means. Uh, Absolutely, and it's 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 fascinating to see it sort of like uh, take over a little bit of like the public consciousness, like what exactly is the ideal? Like I I I. Like going back to like Miles Morales, I I do remember like this uh, clip that kind of went viral of this streamer who was playing the PlayStation game, the Miles Morales PlayStation game, and and mm-hmm. and there is a legitimate like sort of like emotional moment where he's walking through like these streets of the Bronx and there's like Puerto Rican flags, there's like uh, kiosks or like little Puerto Rican cops that he helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is absolutely like part of like uh, the establishment in in that in that sense, but um, it's it's a weird line to walk to want to have like <laughs> want to have the privilege, the white privilege of making stories that aren't about a nationality in specific. Sure. Yeah, and and right, right, and I feel like that's sort of like been my my frustration or like my 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 conflict with within myself of like wanting to like just i just want to do sci-fi in which um uh, or or for the longest time i wanted to do sci-fi in which like ethnicity wasn't really like relevant we're talking about like people in space like but uh the more and more time passed the more and more i realized that like no matter what i did it my my work was going to be tinged by uh my my puerto ricanness like absolutely Absolutely. it's like the and the conversation we were having about like the image creators is like no matter what they drew they they like their personality was going to be like infused all over the work yeah yeah i do think that those comics like or anything all works of art are political in nature just by the fact that they exist that's it it's not about like oh take politics out of my comics it's like shut the fuck up you don't get it like you missed the point (laughs) we're not even talking to you shut up all those people that want to take politics out of comics like those comics are incredibly reactionary and political have you ever heard of uh how to read donald duck uh no so uh, it's a book that I'm slowly reading because we want to do an episode with it. Um, but there, we it's been a joke on our Discord server a little bit that I bring it up a lot. And also people want to know like what episode it is because I don't know. Um, but I was like, isn't it every episode? Yeah, you, we you, talk about you, this all the time. I, this, this might have been brought up before in like three it's, or four. It's a lot. Or five. But uh, but but the, the what it is, Michelle, is um, – there is a book that was written by Chilean, uh, like socialists when Allende took power, and they were they were examining, um, they were examining the the Donald Duck cartoons that were coming over from America, that the kids loved, right? Because they're mm-hmm. cool little, they're like Carl Banks shit, and mm-hmm. they were looking at it and they were examining it through the eyes of socialists. So they were looking at the capitalist messages, the you know mm-hmm. the so the colonialist messages and talking about all these things and saying like why it's fucked up and why you know kids shouldn't be reading this shit or at least if you're reading it examine it through the lens of this is imperialist propaganda you know right so so when the cia took out you know (laughs) took allende out and installed pinochet uh one of the things they had to do uh was get rid of all those books because you know, having media that doesn't 
that that tells people to be conscious of what they're what what they're ingesting is counterproductive. So they took all those books and they burned them and they threw them in the ocean. Mm. I'm sure other books too, but that was one of them. And they reprinted it, and uh, so I got a copy of it. And um, one of the things that was interesting about it is like it's really easy to say like Disney personally told them here's exactly what you're you know. Here's exactly what you, we have to get you to do so that it helps the American Empire, but but it wasn't that. Like Carl Banks was a was a freelancer who made the stories about Donald Duck and you know fucking Scrooge McDuck, and he thought he was being anti-capitalist in a way, right? Just in yeah. his critiques of it, but he was approaching it still from a capitalist perspective. So, like that's just the oxygen he was breathing. That was the air that was around him, and like. You know, he was not a tool of the establishment any more than we are or any more than any like Rob Liefeld was when he made Youngblood or any of these dudes. But that's a perspective you're going to have. So you can examine it with that with that in mind, even if that wasn't the intention. And so, like, it's the same thing. Like, you can read all these books, not have to like, you know, oh, this isn't the point of the book, but that's where your perspective is coming from, because that is who you are, you know? Right. And it's and not like you don't have to say that's a bad person or a good person because of it, unless somebody's a bad person, in which case, yeah, sure. But, but you know, that's the that's just how you can like read it like an adult, you know. Right. It's 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 layered, and it's uh, I I doubt that those Donald Duck comics were created with any sort of specific agenda like that. I don't know Karl Barks's politics specifically, but I could assume. And I don't know his body of work too well. I like I love those the, the issues that I've read, the stories I've read, but that's exactly it. It's like is he a tool of imperialism because he lives in one? You know, right. is he automatically uh, a, a mouthpiece for that sort of arena? So it's 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 weird. It's like are we are we like <laughs> capitalistic stooges by virtue of the fact that we just want to pay rent? Like. I don't know. Yeah. That's 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 interesting. It, it's part of the conversation. It, it's the context. It's interesting. And you're right. It doesn't detract. If anything, it adds to the richness of, of specific works like Youngblood or Spawn. Yeah. And like one one last thing about that um, before I forget is, you know, I said like, yeah, the John Rogers, Keith Giffen, like that, that Blue Beetle thing. That's like, you know, it's it's all great. Like, I thought those comics were fine. I thought that they, they handled that subject matter like pretty good as far as those things go, where it wasn't overhanded and cheesy, but it was like, you know, not completely tone deaf. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like when they make a movie about it, those guys are going to be the ones that profit off a culture. They didn't live. And that is in itself is like a form of colonialism. Like the fact that anybody is going to profit off of a identity that they're not a part of, that they're not from Like it always, it always just feels like, you know, you're, you're, you're eating off of stolen land. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get that. And, and yeah. so, you know, again, that's why you agree with me at Piscor hip hop family tree is a little <laughs> bit of colonialist kind of shit and rubs me. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing. No, 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 no. That's a super valid point. That's super valid. Yeah. I mean, and when it comes to something like Maz Morales, like that's a huge hit, man, that's a huge hit. So it's like you're, 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 you're combining Steve Ditko's design and his concepts with like a culture you know, with like the Bronx, like, yeah, uh, you know, like has Bendis ever lived in the Bronx? Does it matter? Like that's, that's the dialogue. That's the conversation. Yeah. And, and I it, think that imperialist uh, or colonialism, that's, that's a real thing, man. 
Yeah. And it's not like you saying, oh, you can't do that. Like, I don't give people the wrong message from this. It's not saying you can't do that. It's just like that. It's like, you know, uh, think about it more. Yes. You know what I mean? That's all it is. Like, we're not, I, I, I don't, I, I hesitate for people to think that we're like canceling anybody or like saying anybody should or should not be allowed to do anything. Like, right. I want to reinterpret those like you know 90s comics from a from a socialist perspective i'm not from that world either you know what i mean sure like it's the same thing so yeah you know but, I, but I it, think is, that... it is a position of power too so it's like yeah you're not necessarily like colonizing uh the oc you know what i mean and that's right, where those right, motherfuckers right. are from like yeah you're just you're being a storyteller you're you're trying to put yourself in other people's uh perspectives it gets dicier when you talk about shit like, yeah, the blue beetle thing, when they make a fucking huge um, IP farm out of him and his cast, like that's going to be, that you know, hopefully someone, yeah, it'll be weird. That's all. That's all I could say. Well, they hired a Puerto Rican director, yeah. so I already know it's going to be tr- absolute garbage. We're, we're, we're going to milk that. We're going to milk that property so much. He's going to be listening to bad bunny. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> offensive. Yeah, no, I'm here for it. I'm trying to see if I can like DM the dude. I already forgot his name, but I'm trying to trying to get a job on that. Yeah, you should definitely yeah. like pimp yourself on Twitter and just like hashtag the shit out of Go, like, replies Borillo, to him. Like, hey, what's yeah. up? How's it going? Hey, Poppy. Let's. <laughs> yeah, hit him up with an I Poppy. It always yeah. works. <laughs> Are you working Blue Beetle? That's sick. You want me to work on Blue Beetle for you? Yeah. Oh my god, just draw tons of Blue Beetle pages for free and just post them. God, I hate when people do that shit too. That's uh, the that's a more level. Yeah. Like this just is my any, Spider-Man like... fan comic. Wow, somebody oh should get me to draw Green Lantern, right? I, no. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> or you could do like some, some or you could do like some sort of like a lot of pros, like big time pros still put out like questions like that like so oh, if you would have it. me, if you would have me write any Star Wars character, who would it be? And it's like, <laughs> uh, Dango Bobbit. It. Just some kind of like made up Star Wars name. Yeah, get Blix Dickums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's a that's such a weird culture of of comic artists that are just so thirsty like that. M- my, my favorite one ever, like that he's not from that is uh, Steve Root, who's just like you know little nuts yes but i remember when he he did the opposite where he put out a list of demands of like dc i will do a book for you but it has to be about and it was like a list of like five characters like it was like hyper specific like a background character from like an issue of mr miracle yeah yeah. (laughs) like he's like these are the only stories i'm willing to tell you have 20 you have 48 hours to reply (laughs) (laughs) that's shockingly he didn't do those books yeah, you know he's been selling awesome. he's been selling paintings from a mall since. Well, I mean, his, like I think that's what he does. He did pivot to like the real? art world. Yeah, yeah. His you name should, is it? Yeah, if you haven't seen the uh, see the his documentary, it's intense. I need to. It's his weird. name is it like yeah. Steve Tactful? <laughs> it's the dude. Oh uh, yeah, you did it. You did it. There it is. One of my favorite. Uh, that he was on some podcast, and they were like, so. What is uh like the dude? Where did that nickname came from? And it was like a forty minute story about how he worked at a pizza parlor, <laughs> and then it ended with like so. Anyways, they called me the dude, and I was like, "What? No, it's because your name is rude." Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> it, like it, it could have been rude. It could have been Steve Food. 
if he had eaten a little bit yeah. more the food. It was oh. one of my favorite things ever. What, someone, how he went. Someone should have cut him nuts. off. Nuts. Yeah, it was sick. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of someone should have cut him off. Um, yeah. <laughs> I figure like three hours is a long time. I set that do, up do for you, wanna, you so do you nicely. Plug the Patreon in three hours. Uh, uh, nah. We already plugged. Nah. No, where can they find you? Where can they, you know, your Patreon? What, you know, tell us. Come on, about... they know where to. They know where to find me. If you're three Come hours on. deep into this shit, you you're my friend. Yeah, you're probably, probably following Michelle already on Twitter. Uh, Apologies to Ed Piscor. You know, like uh, just get that out of the way. If you're, if Eddie P, if you're listening, we're sorry. Jim, obviously we love you. There's. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm keeping well, the yeah. I'm keeping the beef going over here on the Keep side. Keep the hate. Keep the hate. <clears throat> Uh, any any new nah. you know any new projects? Nah 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 nah. Well, <laughs> I I saw I saw I'm, some I'm super still doing my blue, thing. red and blue art. Oh yeah, because uh, I love DC Comics and AT and T, and they are <laughs> awesome. They do every Warner everything that we've been talking shit about in this podcast does not apply to DC. Yeah, Warner Media, of course. Um, Superman's yeah. awesome. Uh, Absolutely, Disney Disney Corporation completely. They can sick. suck it. Boo. <laughs> Thumbs as as soon end. as as soon as that Marvel check comes in, though, the, uh, we we, we you know, can change you our know minds. The, no, you know what the <laughs> thing is though. Like people talk about people like get mad at like corporate comics and everything, and I I understand why, but like it's so funny that they can't make the disconnect between like Warner Media and DC Comics. Like one is owned by the other, and one is absolutely terrible. Every almost everybody at DC now currently are like doing their fucking best yes (laughs) like yeah like every editor is are trying desperately to tell good stories you know like from the like you know from marie javins who you know i worked with a little bit on the wildcat stuff down like everybody is super passionate about that shit and you know same at marvel i'm sure they're like well you know there's a couple exceptions but there's a you know there's a lot of great editors over there Mm mm-hmm that are that are just doing their best and they're in the confines of these big corporate structures yes so that's the thing it's like these are corporations sure it's ip and it could be oversaturated and whatever but the comics are still made by people who are still working their asses off some of them had to relocate from across the country to still put out comics for people to fucking enjoy you know so it's like yeah yeah, that's why i can't get behind the the shitting on them too much because it's like maybe conceptually we could take issue with some things but there's still people making this shit you know and so uh now as of may 18th i'm gonna be one of those people so it's great that's tight Hell yeah yeah i saw i'm looking forward to your superman stuff i think you posted something from it right? i posted like a, a the like my promo piece that i did just to like show that i could draw um show that and, you uh, it was both awesome colors <laughs> <laughs> i know red i know blue i got it it was it was it was awesome to be to be perfectly honest with you it's uh you know i fucking grew up with that we'll dude see. that's like i would i grew up with like superpowers toys and superman peanut butter like come on i would have loved the opportunity to have been asked unfortunately i wasn't <laughs> i met all the requirements i also know red and blue maybe you can get on on the wonder woman black and gold yes <laughs> unfortunately i was not asked to do that either <laughs> no you gotta you gotta do the asking fuck that come on no Ramon. i don't I, i'm busy anyways <laughs> yeah, Ramon just, I'm, I'm, Ramon I'm just currently... wants the honor of getting asked so he can turn them down. I'm currently working on a barbarian comic, uh, so actually I'm quite busy. Nice. What's I'm that doing for, this for, for my bad idea? Filipino, for my Filipino brothers and sisters, my Pinoys, 
<laughs> is it uh michelle is it like a whole like a uh, short story yeah it's an eight pager that uh i'm writing drawing lettering coloring everything so that that already is like wild to me the fact that they let me letter it that's like that's oh it. shit that's, that's awesome because i still do everything by hand too so it's like i hope this isn't too funky once for, you're like, lettering DC your comic. own stuff you get an additional pass to shit on letterers i think <laughs> <laughs> well like it's one of those things where like they, it's it is a huge honor because normally they do save that for the monkeys like they have a they have a little pen of <laughs> of apes that are that are trained like kind of like with a typewriter but like a, a you know adobe illustrator mm-hmm. or whatever in design they usually handle all that stuff so it's pretty cool that they let you inside the cage with the with the wild apes and you're gonna be able to do that well one of my demands was uh no names on the cover Leave my name what? off the fucking oh, wow. cover. Leave all the names off the cover, or I won't touch this book. And you know, <laughs> I I did it, man. Only Superman on the cover, because <laughs> he sells, baby. You gotta sell it somehow, man. Who cares about these names? That's just like um, noise, man. <laughs> but yeah, no. So uh, you could follow Daniel at his thing, me at my thing, and follow us at Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Mexflentayo, M-E-X-F-L-E-N-T-A-L-L-O. Uh, you know, on on iTunes, leave still a still a fresh episode. And... Uh, actually, maybe it Pardon? won't be fresh by the time this comes out. But we're talking about universal themes, yeah. things that are not going to go out of style. That's the that's the beauty of having a genius, a comic god like Michel Fife on with us. Yeah, hit yeah. the subscribe <laughs> button, leave a review, five stars. Hell yeah! Um, just just do the thing. Thank yeah, you, everyone. and. Uh, Take it away. Hell yeah, babies. Thanks again. Bye, dudes.